right, guys. Welcome back to the Short Story Long Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Derrickson, joined by my co-host, Andrew Dial. What's up, you guys? And a very special co-host, Mr. John Flowers. How's everyone doing? So I've been trying to get John on here via call-in for, I don't know, how long, Dozer? Probably a month or two. Maybe longer. Um, And as chance would have it, he is in town. He actually currently lives out in California. And we met him a couple years ago, which we'll get into, I'm sure, on the questions. And uh, he's a car guy, and he's actually from Marshall, Illinois, but uh, he's been living out in uh, the land of sunshine here for the past how many years? Uh, Since uh, January 2017, so whatever that math works out to be. Okay. Five years, I think. Okay. Six. Uh, Yeah. Sounds about Six-ish. Six-ish. Approximately. Approximately. So anyway, uh, it's been a couple weeks. We apologize, but uh, the holidays have kind of come and gone, and we've been busy doing all kinds of different stuff. So uh, let's get into it. What's new with you, Dozer? Uh, Well, since we kind of semi-retired from doing this podcast, it seems like. Right. It's been a while since we've done one. So there's a lot new. Uh, First at the top of the list that makes Sam probably excited is I now own a Bridgeport Nemel. That is something that has been on my bucket list personally for a long time. And now that you own one, I don't need to buy one. Yeah, I just happen to have the space and the money, and Sam has the knowledge. So so he, he texts me. He's pretty excited about the new dr- uh, drill press. Yeah, my <laughs> very heavy-duty drill press. In <laughs> uh, uh, So the next thing in the constant search to find something to do with my son, who's addicted to TV and is always bored, we I remembered that you could buy like a 3D puzzle DXF off of Etsy of a dinosaur. He likes dinosaurs. I've got a CNC plasma cutter. Match so, made in heaven. So Sunday, we downloaded that, and I kind of showed him. Uh, <laughs> we went through the whole thing. I got on Etsy, bought it, paid for it with a credit card, Probably shouldn't have showed a six-year-old how to use a credit card on the internet, <laughs> but we did. Why is there a giant box full of Nerf guns on your yeah. front porch? I was, like, I was like, you never use this without mom and dad's permission. He's like, oh, I'm going to play so many tricks on you. I was like, no, you're not. No, no, that's a good way to get a spanking. So um, then on the, on, the, so on the dinosaur, I kind of showed him how to put it into the like the AutoCAD program and do the tool offsets. I, I don't think he understood a bunch of it. But we kind of clicked around on the computer, put it on a flash drive. And, you know, I was like, oh, your dinosaurs on that flash drive. He's like, oh, he thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And we went out and put metal on the machine and homed it and cut it. And uh, we put some of it together yesterday. Yeah. And some more tonight. And we still have a little bit more. So cool, cool. It's been taking a little fitting, but it's been super cool. Uh, my Falcon is back in the garage. I've got the nine inch narrowed for that and put under the car and got some parts bought. Uh, that's moving along. I made my own spring hangers with like ratchet strap hook downs and stuff. I was super excited about those when I saw them. I did not come up with that idea. I just seen on Google. I was like, how much are these to buy? And it was, they were over $100. Really? Yeah. I was, I was expecting you to tell me that you had just as much in them as you could have bought them for. Well, so. you can buy stock ones for like $13. Okay. But, they, but they're made of stamp, you know, sheet metal. And uh, 
don't have the tie downs and all sure. that. So these are made out of three sixteenths. Um, put a free spin kit on the front of my truck that you've had for some time. Yeah, I've had that for a while, but it, I, I'm glad I did it. Like the truck is way smoother going down the road and it probably legitimately gets another two mile a gallon just from the short time I've, I've used it. So that's, uh, definitely something that a lot of the Dodge guys like to do on those trucks. Right. So. Which I was in town the other day. I was actually at CrossFit and we were working out outside because it was so hot. And a truck drove by and I looked. I was like, that's got a free spin kit on it. It's like you see them everywhere now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that and then the kids. We got both my kids riding bikes now without training wheels. Which, which congratulations to both of them. I think it's hilarious that Emma is doing it at the same time Wyatt Emma did it before Wyatt. Right. So it was what happened not to not to get Cody Willenberg on a um on a rant, but so we never gave him balance bikes. We right. just gave him bikes with training wheels. That's what I did. I turned out semi okay. Okay. Well <laughs> they and we live with a rock driveway, so that's just not something they have a lot of practice with is riding bikes on concrete and sure. starting so Laren the other day found a balance bike on Facebook for $10 Nice. and went and bought it. And within a week, within a week, Emma was riding without training wheels and two weeks, uh, Wyatt was riding without training wheels. Cool. Cool. Like, it happened pretty quick. So William got one, uh, for Christmas last year on the rocking base and they've got it off the, off the rocking base now and they're getting him to start kind of pushing it around. He's only just a little over two years old. So I'm hoping that, uh, he gets to ride without training wheels because his sister's five and a half, and she's just now getting to ride without training wheels with you know mom or dad mm-hmm. pushing her or whatever. So the whole goal, obviously, of the balance bike is to never need training wheels. Right, and like Kyle's kids are way. I mean, heck, Kyle's son just won the the bike slash motorcycle class at the Hot Wheels race. Yeah, and he's younger than Emma, probably. Yeah, he's three. Is he three? He's uh, three and a half. Anyway, Emma's almost five and Wyatt's almost six, so he's definitely ahead of them. Is he? So. Oh well, no. Ahead as ahead as in skill, not age. Right, 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 right. Okay. Well, anyway. So that was a lot of what's new. I apologize. That's okay. So let's move on. What about what about you, John? What's new with you? Well, just uh, finishing up this the Route sixty six trip and getting out here. Um, since I've been home. Uh, I don't get to see my nieces and nephews a lot, so uh, I got to hang out with my nephews. I went to watch uh, my uh, youngest nephew, Jackson. He uh, races quarter midgets. We went up there to Middletown. And, uh, I don't know what series it is, excuse me, but uh, they race quarter midgets, and he has two new ones that are pretty fast. He has a one with a Bridge and Stratton animal and one with a World Formula. And before he's racing the Honda ones, and they kind of like their go-karts, they kind of cruise mm-hmm. around, the kids shuffled up. This new one like hangs it out there, like a real sprint car. Uh, yeah, does it like lift one front wheel or anything crazy? Or yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. But it nice. hangs it, it when he gets on it. It slides it sideways. He left nice. a black mark on the side of the track. Heck yeah! A lot of the kids are like fourteen or thirteen running the World Formula, and man, I think he's like ten and like seventy pounds. There's nice. like the smallest little kid out there, and that those thing, are usually the meanest. Yeah, he's pretty rowdy. He takes a lot after my brother. He's pretty rowdy, but man, that car hangs out there. And uh, fixing up the rental house while I'm in town, so the Route 66 is an official 
business trip. trip. I love hey, it. There you go. I love so it. So I had to bring my tools and equipment. <laughs> yep. Yep. All the way from California. So uh just been keep, keeping busy with that. And my sister-in-law got a new house. So I was in town. I was kind of helping her with some stuff. And that's kind of what we're doing. And then um, getting ready when I go back, uh, I'm going to start working on my blazer, which uh, I'm pretty excited about. I get the Mustang out of the garage for that. And uh, the wife wants to do a Pacific Coast Highway trip. So I don't know. We're still in the planning process for that. But I, when I go, I'm going to go back to work for like two weeks and I take off again. But I don't know if we're going to fly to Washington and get a rental car and drive back or we're going to just drive up the Pacific Coast Highway until we're out of days and then take the highway back home. Gotcha. Cool. That'd be fun. And when you say Blazer, that's K5 Blazer, isn't it? Did they make a different one? Uh, an S10 Blazer. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and they make those new front-wheel drive crossover SUV Blazers. Yeah. Uh, well, I got a really cool Blazer. Um, it's a truck I've been chasing for years with my own Clark's truck. And uh, I shipped it from Indiana to California. Like everything, I do it backwards. Right. But uh, sentimental truck means a lot to me. I'm pretty excited about it. But it's the cool blazer. It's a square body, but the whole top comes off gotcha. to 7345. Yep. So really excited about it. I've had it out there about a year or so, but haven't really got started on it. So I'm looking forward to getting so it. So instead of doing a California rust-free deal, you <clears throat> ship in one from, from Illinois. Full of rust. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah. But it won't rust anymore once it's there. That's true. And that'll be unique out there probably. So. Like, wow, look at all that patina. Exactly. <laughs> you can't buy them like that. That's right. Yeah. Well, I live like right on the water. So like we get salt water there. Okay. Yeah. But you want to buy them inland a little bit. But like I said, it's my uncle's truck. I've always wanted it. So I'm pretty excited about it. So. A little rest, we're going to work past it. A lot of it's just body mounts and stuff. The outside sheet metal is good. Mm -hmm. But I think yeah. from going mud and setting with mud on it, the body mounts, I think I'm just, I don't know, I get on those Facebook pages with all the experts and there's only one way to do it and they don't make it. So I think I'm just going to square the body up and then put a cage in it and then just tie it all together and then maybe make my own mounts or something. I haven't figured it out yet. Okay. Just going to make it yeah. solid. And if you end up with a, Body line off here or there, you know, who cares? So it's your uncle's truck. Have fun with it. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. There's all the purists try to run everything in line. <laughs> yeah, so, that's true. Um, if it runs good and it looks good, I, I think I'm, I call that a success. I would say so. I don't have a lot of high standards in life. So, <laughs> uh, that's what it takes to be happy, I guess. Expectations low. That's right. Yeah. The key to happiness is low expectations. That's right. Oh, shoot. What about you, Sam? I feel like you have a bunch new. Uh, I'm just going to condense it. So since the recording of the last podcast, we had Street Machine Nationals down to coin. Every uh, every Hemi that he owns has been junked. Yep. Um, that was my first time down there. That was a good time. I will be back for sure. Um, I've been working. You drove on, your dart down there. I right? drove the dart down there. Yep. Yep. Um, I was all by myself. We, uh, well, Amanda was with me, but as far as like driving old cars, I had initially thought that I was going to be road tripping with other old cars because I invited other old car people with me. Well, they drove their new cruise control with air conditioning cars down there on the hundred degree day. And I was by myself driving an old car down the interstate with no air conditioning or cruise control. And it made it there and back just fine. So nice. I can't um, relate. <laughs> um, so then like Dozer said, I have a five, seven Hemi and a Jeep that's given me fits. And I worked on that a little bit yesterday and had to order more parts. 
and then the Hemi and the GTX, which initially started as about a $40 repair for the exhaust manifold gasket, has very quickly, I say quickly, it's been two years, but has steadily increased in cost to, well, never do the math, but I'm just kind of guesstimating it's over $7,000 at this point. I ordered a oil pan for it and related accessories, and that was over $800 just for the oil pan and related accessories. So it's one of those things. Typically, the, you know, the wife or girlfriend of the relationship is kind of smacking the back of the hand. Don't buy that. You don't need that. Quit spending money. Well, when presented with a dilemma where I need to spend money, instead of the don't spend the money talk, I get the just buy it from Amanda. So I guess that's a good problem to have. But at the same time, we've gone way over budget on this project. So, And that's we need to have an episode on that. We call that since you was. Since you was going to do exhaust manifold gaskets, you might as well fix the steering in it. And since you was going to do the steering, you might as well do disc brakes. And since you was going to do, and then since you was, and then yeah. before you know it, like you, you are into the rear axle over exhaust manifold gaskets. Like, do you realize that? <laughs> Speaking of which, do you have a 110 welder I can borrow? Yes, I do. Okay. Because the disc brake conversion I ordered for the rear, because my $6. Why don't you just go get your 110 welder back. I don't know where it's at. Yes, you do. Do is it? Does Jason have it? Yeah. Oh. He's had it for 10 years. Oh. Well, great. I'll just go get my 110 welder back. Anyway, um, I thought that thing was long gone. No. Ah. I know right where it's at. Good. I've used it. Perfect. <laughs> anyway, so the I couldn't find any literature anywhere in the instructions or anything about how the hard line gets converted to a soft line for the rear brakes, for the calipers. And, you know, like most speed parts, there's some degree of you should just know um, but you know, given the kind of the nature of what I was buying, I figured it would, there would at least be a one sentence explanation of what the process was, because there's a hard line that goes from the pumpkin to the wheel cylinder. Well, nowhere in the instructions does it say you must shorten the lines and weld on a little brake line tab to the axle, but that's what you got to do. So you basically got to cut the line, reflare it, and, and attach it to this little tab and weld the tab to the axle, which is fine. But I just wanted to kind of know what I was getting into before opening the box and getting ready to do it. You know what I mean? Right. So that kind of pushed that project back a little bit. And that's when I focused on the 5.7 Hemi. And here we are recording a podcast instead of putting brakes on a GTX. So We can do that. We okay. Do that. We just take the equipment out to the garage <laughs> <laughs> so what's new with you <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot well uh since we're a automotive podcast i try to give updates on car shows and stuff and happenings going on so a couple i got coming up here pretty quick this weekend saturday the 15th at 5 p.m is the robinson dog and suds monthly cruise in and it's normally on a Friday. I never get to go over there, but this is the one day that it's on a Saturday. Uh, so we're planning on going over there. Never been to the dog and suds in Robinson, but 
we're going to go. So it's a little bit of a haul over there, but that's where Amanda works. So we're going to go over there and do a little car show action over there. And then July 22nd is the next Cars and Coffee. Uh, Boss Man was wanting to be sure to hit that one. That one's going to be at the Cluthy Center. So if you're out and about on uh, the morning of July 22nd, go ahead and stop by and add to that little thing that they're getting going there. That's the Preps Auto Bodies getting that kind of going. And that's uh, Adam Meddy's kind of love child, I guess. Gotcha. And uh, it's so far so good. So, all right. Well, you want to get into the questions? Let's, uh, yeah, let's get into the questions. And then at any point, I would like to dive off and just go into great detail about the whole Route 66 thing. But we'll start with the questions. All right. So, how do you know me and Sam? Well, um, mostly through King of Hammers. I mean, that'd be the primary thing. But how I got like mixed into your guys' group, um, I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he's like, what are you doing? I was, and he was like talking to me. He's like, hey, this LS is being this or that. And I was like, I told him I was working my truck for King of Hammers, and his brother-in-law was there, and there was on speaker or whatever. And he's like, oh, Devin's doing that. And they're like, Devin Smith? I'm like, and I've not lived in my hometown for like years, right? Like 15 years at that point. And they're like, yeah, you know Devin, and like, I couldn't remember, but uh, we had hung out in the same garage, essentially coming up. I'm good friends with um, the little brother of the garage, and he was good friends with the older brother, okay. the Matherly brothers. And uh, he's like, yeah, hit him up. He's going out there to do King of Hammers. Now, at that point, I had been out there once or twice, and I kind of knew what it took, all the logistics of the King of Hammers. And I'm like, I had a hometown dude coming Hometown out team, like, yeah yeah i'm like i'm definitely gonna support this guy so i hit up Devin. i'm like hey you're coming out there he's like i'm co-driving for whoever and i was like what do you guys need you know i'll bring from my house or shop or i can you know try to help you out as much as i can he's like i think we're pretty good but you know if you could bring x y or z or you know whatever widget they needed and i was like yeah sure so i went out there and i kind of hung out i think i met cody that first year i think cody was helping out steve too mm -hmm. it's a good group of dudes and i was um Helping out another one of my buddies that run the 4600 class, the uh, stock class. Yep. But when it worked out perfect because you guys race a different day. And I was able to hang out with them and, and meet the, the wives that were the sport team as well. And it was a pretty good group and got along with those guys. And then next year, uh, Devin didn't come out, but I knew Steve. And I hit him up. Hey, you guys need anything? What can I do? And I was like, all right, well, I'll stop by and see you all. And, you know, swung by, drank a beer. Sam was uh, in the middle of a Sam page. And I was like, everything good? And, the, and Dozer's there. He's like, ah, he's all right. He's, you know, just figuring this out. And uh, I kind of instantly like Sam right off the back because he was all revved up about something. I don't even the know. The only one. <laughs> yeah. So I just, uh, really good group of guys. And, uh, you know, living so far away from home, it's kind of nice to run around with some Midwesterners, you know, especially share the same hobbies. And, um, that's yeah. a, that's to hear people say, oh, past the ranch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sneak past you. Sneak right past you there. Yeah. yeah. So. I know the first year, everybody's like, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Who's this guy? Then the next year, it's like, John. Where's John at? John, where's he at? Well, it's funny because like, like, I didn't actually know the story that, that you were buddies with Devin. Which, and that's the first time I've heard that as well. I thought you were... I thought you were out there because of Veronica. No, she's from Marshall. Well, that would have been the second year, though, I guess. 
Yeah, I seen her on the roster, and you're like, how do you like send a me message on Facebook? Like, yeah, like, hey, I'm from your town, blah blah blah. Yeah, that's what I did. I'm like, hey, I'm not trying to be a creep. First off, but uh, I'll be at King of Hammers. I'm from Marshall. Uh, her husband's actually runs with the same group with uh, Dev and Smith, and then they all right. went to high school together. Uh -huh. And um, so that's kind of a so that's kind of how I. Uh, Ran into that group and of guys. It's a sm small world, you know. Uh, chance conversation about a piece of crap LS not starting. <laughs> there we are, and, in Sam's basement. Yeah, thousands of miles away. <laughs> I was trying to get uh, leaf springs to bolt up in the blazer. I, um, I'm like trying to get this truck ready. What do you need? He's like, this thing's not starting. <laughs> cool. Very cool. Well, what do you do for a living? Um. So I've been in the Marine Corps for, I think the first of next month will be 18 years. And I um, work on utilities equipment like generators and air conditioners. My primary uh, occupation is uh, air conditioner. So HVAC stuff. That's pretty well needed out there in the desert of California. Yeah. <laughs> needed everywhere. You got to keep food cold. Yep. Stuff like that. Yeah. Have you uh, have you ever went to different countries and stuff, or been deployed? Yeah, I've uh, been to Iraq and Afghanistan. And... They definitely need air conditioning there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it helps. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to have air conditioning, but it helps. <laughs> but it helps. <laughs> yeah, so, there's all been interesting experiences, and um, kind of fun to work on stuff in different areas and see how different stuff is done um what would you say your favorite assignment was as far as location oh where i've lived at yeah so we move about every three years um man i don't really it's it's funny you bring that up me and my wife was having this conversation uh because i you know i'm about done and i'm about retired in a couple of years and we we're trying to figure out where we're going to live and she's like well we've always made the most of wherever we're at so we're trying to bank on that, man. That's I, not helpful. Um, <laughs> Thanks for nothing. Yeah, where should we go? We'll be fine wherever we go. That's not helping. We're really looking hard into Tennessee. Um, yeah. That's going to be close enough to home, and then and they got good tax benefits down there, and uh, the no snow thing is and not being blistering hot. Because she was, like, talking about Texas. I'm like, man, I'm not built for that type of heat. <laughs> Coming from SoCal, I'm not built for that kind of it's heat. It's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. Well, it is not in Texas, I don't think. So there's different climates. Uh, I live in Oceanside, so it's like San Diego, like northern San Diego. Uh -huh. um, it's perfect. Okay. I don't look at the weather when I go out to work on the cars. But back to the original question, my favorite assignments, uh, man, I don't know. I did... Two assignments in um, North Carolina, and then I was in Hawaii for a while, and then I was in Chicago. That was miserable. Yeah. But uh, and then two in California. Uh, going from California, or from Chicago to uh, 29 Palms, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. Most people hate 29 Palms. It's like not the place you want to go. Right. But I really enjoyed it. Uh, not a huge off-road guy. But out there in the middle of off-road country, living next to the park, and awesome places to go off-road, and I built a blazer, and uh, I really enjoyed that one. But um, overall, I don't, I don't know that I could pick a favorite. Okay. Uh, where I'm at right now, Pendleton is absolutely perfect. I'm, man, I'm like seven minutes from the ocean. Mm -hmm. uh, my job is pretty laid back. Uh, where I'm at right now, my wife's job's pretty good. Uh, the kids' schools are really good. As you get. Uh, 
I don't know. I think Pendleton right now. Camp Pendleton is probably my number one. Cool. Uh, I got some good friends there. Car scene's amazing. Right. Oh, I bet. Yeah, you're talking about, oh, we got this car show and that car show. It's you said like like every week there's a Cars and Coffee every single week, right? Every day. Every day? It, there's stuff all the time. I, I mean, sometimes you just drive by, uh, like, in and out different in and outs they host car shows, you know, every third Wednesday or whatever. And it, sometimes you're just driving down the road and you just pull into some good ones. Hmm. There's there's car shows that you, um, man, I forget, it's doc, Dr. Something that's out by uh, Palm Springs. But it's, I mean, it would take two days to walk through there. No kidding. Yeah. That's pretty cool. The car scene in California, like for a car guy, is like, man, I don't know. I don't even, I've never want to own a lowrider, but I like to look at them. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I mean, hot rodding kind of started in California. Right. I believe. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> they always have a higher, uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, disposable income ratio. Right, disposable income out there. So, oh, the, uh, so what was your first car? Uh, it was a um, Volks, uh, 1965 Volkswagen Type 2 transporter. I don't even know what that is. Is that, a, a, is that a van? Bu- it's the truck. Like a van, but a truck bed. Yes. <sighs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't, you know, every, every woman's crazy about a pickup, man. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> even if it's air-cooled. Even yeah. if it's air-cooled. <laughs> I, just, oh, I wish we videotaped this because the smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I learned a lot with that truck. Uh, I learned how to set points and stuff and get it fired up. I uh, kind of didn't get to keep it very long. I was a young, young kid when I got it. I kind of like a deal with my uncle, and I end up, he ended up selling it, and I oh. end up getting a different Volkswagen or whatever. I wish I kept that one. It's kind of rusty and rotten, though, but. I'm sure it went to a lot better home than like a 15 year old, 16 year old kid. <laughs> okay, okay, I can. So see maybe that. it was a conservation project. <laughs> but um, I'm not upset about it. I learned a lot. Yeah, okay. except for how to change a water pump. Yeah. Yeah, I missed that one. <laughs> I was absent that day of school. It's air cooled. It's a joke. I I know. I got oh, it. Oh well, you didn't anyway. You gotta you gotta call the yeah, gotta explain you gotta call the parts store and ask for a water pump gasket for yeah. a sixty five uh, Volkswagen Transporter. Transporter Type Two is what it's called. I always call it a Volkswagen truck. Technically, the big Actually. one there for a while. <laughs> the big one for a while on the internet was the Toyota Tacoma. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that's where he was going with it. <laughs> Descri- uh, can you describe what that gasket yeah. looks like to me, please? I just want to make sure it's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really hate everyone messing my parts guys on the internet. They're always making fun of those guys. Like, yeah, the two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive for the wipers and stuff. There could probably be a difference in all the different weird that's, car stuff. Cause that's I, probably true. I always get those weird half-year, one-year cars, and it's always something like, so you got to like put in the, the serial or the VIN, VIN number. I man, But like... Maybe that guy's into Mitsubishi's and not Hondas or whatever, you know? Like, they're always ragging on those guys. And and have been on the other side of that counter coming in with, like, just a water pump for a small block. And like, yeah, if you're getting a TPI, you're like a water pump. <laughs> 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 Will they spin backwards? or? Yeah, there's something <laughs> Good luck, bitch. <laughs> yeah, they're all the same. Like, all right, well, I'm going to find something awkward. <laughs> <laughs> 93 Corvette, baby. 
Have fun, eat shit. Oh, shoot. That's good stuff. Uh, I don't know. I just, as a kid, I dealt with a couple of those know-it-alls. And it's just like, man, just... On those TPIs or... Yeah, no, not TPI. The, uh, like the LTs, didn't they run the distributor? The water pump ran the distributor or yeah. some bullshit? That's the LT1s. Yeah. Yep. I was, I was real good for thinking like let's let's spin an electronic component with a water pump. That's a that's a good. No, it was the cam run the water pump, and when your water pump seal would go out, it would dump coolant into the crankcase. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a. Pl- I mean, you can't hate Chevy all the way there. That was a forward step of putting the distributor on the right side of the motor instead of stuff in the back where it doesn't belong. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I will give you that. Putting a distributor up against the firewall where you can't access it's not a good move, I don't think. That's but. a primary GM guy. I will admit the faults of the small block Chevy. If they like, come on, man, everyone else figured it out. Well, big friend. block Mopar's in a good spot. I'll say that. Yeah, and it's tilted out of your way too. So blessed. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> so, <laughs> what got you into cars, John? I don't. I don't know whatever got me into it. Um, probably doing donuts in the parking lot with my grandfather and like Kroger's parking lot in the snowstorm. I don't know. Uh, my uncles have all been in the cars and had like cool stuff. And um, I've just always kind of been around cars and I've always kind of liked them. So I think it's more of the puzzle thing for me. Like a lot of people complain about like uh, diagnosing cars when something goes wrong. And that's part of the with old cars, it's something I like about, you know, like trying to figure out or make them run. So right. how much carb cleaner do I have to spray on this thing to find the vacuum leak? Yeah. Uh, that too. So, um, yeah, my, I would just say my uncles and driving cars just, fast and, you know, don't take that corner at 25, you know, you're going to, we're going to take this gravel road ring at 35, turn it into it and jerk it back and slide it around there. Like, can you do that kid? Like, well, let me try. <laughs> My uncle Art was a big guy, and he used to drive Ford trucks, and he's like 6'2", 350 pounds, but he could drive pretty well, and he, you know, teaching us how to slide his Ford truck around the, around the curves and stuff. Hell yeah, that's a good uncle. Yeah, yeah he was a great uncle, uh, but uh, I can't imagine just driving my daily and like, hey, kids, see if you can slide around the corner and put it in trees. <laughs> <laughs> if my mother knew what like we did with Uncle Art, like she would probably not be happy. But who knows? We had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody died. So. No, no, not on record. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which, in his defense, you know, thirty whatever some years ago, you could probably replace a half ton Ford pickup truck pretty cheap. Yeah. So. Oh, he had just belly wire that. He was a body man, but he had a belly wire that dude back together. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's like. Well, um, I feel like everybody needs an Uncle Art. Yeah, for I, sure. Everybody does need an Uncle Art, for sure. Um, he was a body man, and he never drove a straight. I've never seen him drive a straight vehicle in my life. <laughs> yeah. I can believe that. <laughs> I know I know a lot of body guys, and I don't know any of them that drive rust-free vehicles. Right. Uh, never once. When we were kids, he had a Volkswagen. Uh, mind you, this is a big, big uncle, right? Like 300-pound guy. Um, he had a, a green Volkswagen with a big air scoop on the top of it. Okay. And behind my grandmother's house, there's like um, a low area where they, there's like car trails and stuff. He would jump it with his kids. That was like the highlight. Jumping <laughs> and he, But it's all like Baja front end out and, you know, banging around this little Volkswagen. Wham! Jumping yeah. in and stuff. So That's that was a good time. great. And those Volkswagens, they just make a different sound, you know. They the, do. The engine. 
Yeah, especially like um, I'm not a huge Volkswagen guy. I know enough of them to get dangerous. Every single one of your stories is about Volkswagens. Well, my uncles, so I have two uncles that are really into Volkswagens, and I kind of, you know, you, you get what you get when you're a kid. Right. But um, they're certain they have, like, dual port, dual carburetors, and there's, like, you take a bus motor and stick it, stick it in a, a, the car one, the mm-hmm. bug, and they scream, like, for little cars, you know, they have 96 horsepower and, like, a 1,000-pound <laughs> car. Which was a lot compared to the stock, like, 36. Yeah, and they really liven up. Which, I mean, back... In the day, the Volkswagen was kind of like the Razors are now. Because they did the Mayora. You know, they they raced them off road and put, uh-huh. yeah, put long travel suspension and and all that. That was kind of like the go fast off road toy back in the day. Because you could mail order literally anything for them. Yeah. J.C. Whitney. Yeah, Man, and uh, I haven't heard about J.C. Whitney in a minute. <laughs> so my uncle raced Mayora, and he told me stories about how like there was a bunch of rules about like this had to be stock and this and that. Well, the camshaft gear is like welded to the camshaft. You can't replace the gear because it's part of the camshaft, and you so there's no like aftermarket timing setup. Only thing you can do is buy aftermarket cams. Well, Cut that, it. that's illegal. So what they did was they put the cam in the vise, heated up the end of it where the cam gear was welded to it, cherry red, and spun it to advance the timing on the camshaft and got away with it because technically it's a stock camshaft. So like that that's like old school hot rodder stuff. Like that that kind of shit is cool to me. I love hearing stories of people just cheating and bending the rules and being innovative that's the best i remember reading a a thing in hot rod magazine about cheating i think it was dave freiberger wrote nobody likes a cheater but you can always question the rules to your advantage right it's not cheating until you get caught (laughs) well that's like king of the hammers like it's not necessarily in its infancy but compared to other desert and off-road races it's basically brand new and then add in the UTV class that's only been out for a few years. That's where, like, run into the rule issues with Cody's team. Like, you have to have a 30, whatever, 33-inch tire max. Well, that's all the rules say. It's 33-inch tire. Now, is that sidewall advertisement? Is that what it measures? Like, can, we need a little more clarification on these rules because... Can you know there's a 35 inch tire out there on the sidewall that only measures 33 and a half, and it's 33 and a half measuring still a 33. You know, like it, then there's there's 32 inch tires that measure 34 inches. So like so then you like you want to like NASCAR where they put the body mount. You just your tire will fit in this bucket. Well, it's not it's not even that. Not what they almost need to do, you know. Yeah, it just it just needs to be like. It needs to, it, it, it just needs to say like it needs to either say your tire's sidewall must say XYZ or the tire must measure XYZ, which is a way better way to do it because I've been informed that you can call China and say, make me a 40-inch tire that says 35 on the sidewall, and they'll do it, which I can see that. If you had enough money, you can make anything happen. So that's how um, uh, street stock cars and uh, pure stock cars, it says that sidewall has to measure whatever. Even with the little quarter midgets and stuff, you can buy you know, four or five, six tires that all say whatever the same size on the outside, you air them up and measure them. You can get a different stagger out of tires because they're not all exactly the same. Because they're bias ply, right? 
uh, on the on the little um, on the quarter midgets, those are biased by slicks, but on the pure stocks, the radials, okay, they're still a little bit different. All of them are. And when you're talking on that oval track stuff, that whole like stagger and like setting up the suspension, that's a, that's a whole new witchcraft art form that it takes a huge amount of science behind. And like I know in the drag racing thing, people will buy a set of slicks, and like you said, when you air them up the circumference of it can be off by a quarter of an inch that could steer you one way or the other on a drag strip with a bunch of horsepower behind it too so i can definitely see where that's a where that's a thing but so if they're going to go by sidewall then we just got to buy a whole truckload of tires and get the seven biggest ones or whatever we need for the right. weekend and go away with that there you go they should put some better clear clarification on it because it's like you said anyone can cheat a sidewall like make it fit in this bucket or yeah. you know that i mean how it would take twelve dollars and fifty cents of plywood to make a little form to that tires a go that tires a go that's mm -hmm. a no-go mm -hmm. yeah i know like on like the small tire drag race and stuff they've got like a gauge that's got to fit when your car's on the ground with the weight you got to be able to slide this gauge from behind the tire and you know it's got to fit. It's like a go no go gauge on the width, right? On the width, yeah. yes. So, um, I don't think they care yet. I think when it when someone comes out with some thirty sevens and are marked thirty threes, that's when the care button's going to come on. <laughs> so paging AMS tires, <laughs> we need we need some shit. Yeah. Uh, what is the fa your favorite car you've ever owned? Oh man. Uh, I had a powder. I had a big pimp powder blue '72 uh, Chevy Caprice in high school. Nice four door no post when you roll the windows down. That was man. That was a good car. That was a cruiser, man. I don't know what the speedometer said. I don't remember it said like tacked out at like 110 or 105 or 120, whatever it was. But it, it would like bounce those last five mile an hour on the highway. I just used to wind that thing up. I pull out <laughs> on 70. Me and my homeboys we'd be loading down like six deep in that thing. <laughs> Where are we going? Boom. <laughs> I was just, it was a 352 barrel. It wasn't that fast, but all the buddies liked riding in it. And we, you know, wherever we were going, I just let that thing float down the interstate. And, you know, at 100 mile an hour in a seven, you know, it's 1970 vehicle, you would think it'd be scary, but that thing just cruised. That was a sweet spot. Just pin it to the wood. And it would only run like whatever the speedometer said. It was rather like we were running 105 or 115, whatever it was. That thing float. Some about those old boats, they just they're just meant to just drive like that. Yeah, and I love driving cars. It's my favorite. So big boat, you know, big cars, big windows, man. That's my thing. Big cars, big windows, big women. Yeah, that's it. I just always <laughs> joke about it. <laughs> but we got that car had a, a license plate on the front of it. We got it off this uh, lady. She was like her father's or mother's or something. It was covered little kids toys she needed more room for her grandkids but it had a license plate on the front of it said like god is my pilot ah, yeah <laughs> yeah that, did, that stroked my ego and had a had a plastic covered back seat <laughs> had a little trash can in there a little powder blue trash can oh yeah <laughs> and yeah only the, driven on sundays yeah they had the flowery, uh, the the fancy seats that were like silk with the flowers in them on a, oh a, shit it wasn't vinyl seats, so it wasn't hot in the summertime. Man, that car, man, we. At the time, I had this like a '73 uh, Nova, 
that was pretty rowdy and fast, but none of my buddies wanted to ride in the fast Nova. They wanted you know. to ride in that cruiser. Yeah, man. Every we bombed that thing around forever. Uh, I her name was Lily. I regret selling her to this day. I traded her for a three quarter ton Chevy on like thirty sevens. <laughs> Done fucked up, Aaron. Yeah, stupid straight pipes. And I didn't even like the straight pipes when I got it, but you live and you learn, right? That's true. But we got two more seventy twos at my mom's farm. I got a two door and another four door, so maybe one day we'll put one together. There you go. Out for sale. Gonna fix it up one day. That's right. That's right, baby. Yeah, dude, that for real though, I've had those cars. I don't want to admit this, but probably over 20 years at this point. Very nice. Oof. I ain't doing a thing with them. Is that, is that dating you a little bit? Is that it's making you're... you feel old? Or... I still got all my hair, so I'm not trying to date myself too much, but yeah, it's dating me a little bit. You just mean like it's been sitting that long without you doing anything to it. That's what you're upset about. Yeah. Okay, I got you. I, I feel you. It's uh, not the... It's the... <laughs> I'm trying to think of the, the, the constant marching of time to, to the end, you know. I feel like there's some kind of, like, saying about that. Surely. I don't anyway. know. Yeah, they're probably going to rust right where they are until they're not usable. Oh, yeah. You going to fix it up one day? Yeah. going to sit you there, can... have a tree growing through the hood? Yeah. Hey, if someone swings by the house with a pile of cash and some ambition, they might walk <laughs> away with a couple 72 Impalas, <laughs> which is the best-looking 70 Impala, by the way. I could get behind that. All right, so uh, what's, what is your dream car? I want a fast, cheap, reliable race car. It would be my dream car. <laughs> are, yeah. are we talking like, 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 I guess elaborate on that a little bit. Well, that's the thing. You can't have all three. Kind of oh, joke. but like, so, but no, I mean, well, like this is a whole hypothetical question. So I didn't know if it's like I want a drag and drive car or I just like my race car in general. I want it to be cheap, fast and reliable. Just, just fast, cheap, and reliable actual race car. But uh, I don't know if I have like an actual year make model. I have a couple year make models that I haven't bought yet. But I don't know that they're my dream car until I get them and then I want another one. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, what, the only what, thing. What kind of race car? Probably a dirt car, like a dirt modified car. or something. Okay, okay. But, um, I think, like, ideally, like the that the thing that always comes back to my head and I, and I have bought some, you know, people that know me, like, no, I have bought some really cool cars for cheap and stuff in weird situations. But, um, I would really like to find something frosty that's been put up properly for like, you know, 40 years. Then like the way I'm storing my junk. Okay. But uh, I'm like, you know, it doesn't have to be like a Chevy or Chrysler or Mopar. I don't, I don't it doesn't have, just... have to be like a Hemi, whatever. I want to go in and, you know, maybe just like a big block Chevelle, like, you know, in an old lady's garage. I would really like to buy one of those, like, real barn finds that you always hear about. Yeah. But no one has actually ever bought. That's sure. All, that's all BS. It's everyone, all stories. Yeah. Yeah, everyone knew that was an LS7 car put up when old man put, you know, everyone knew that car. But I would just want to find, like, a really nice, somewhat better model, you know, not just a base model. Like, I kind of found that 72 Impala, which was a base model Impala, which was whatever. But I'd like to find, like, you know, Big Block Nova or, you know, maybe even Chrysler or something. I could I could get down with a big, 
like a Chrysler Imperial, like a 65, like find one of those nice put up, man, I could get down with it. It don't have to be a fast car for me. The big, those big cruisers, man. You're just saying, you're almost wanting like a time capsule, like a step back in time. Yeah, man. Or even like a, like with that being said, like a, like a mid seventies, like drag car with the big foot gas pedal and like yeah. the old school Heck stickers. Yeah. yeah. Time capsule car. That'd be awesome. It's like one of those cars where it looks like shit and then you wash it and it's like, damn. Yeah, I would. I think that would be that's the dream for me. Like just to find something, and be like discovery. Like you know. So not to story top, but did I tell the story about that Trans Am that me and Cody went and got for that gal? I don't remember if you told it on air or not. So quick story, quick sidebar. A gal, local gal that Cody knew, approached him about buying a buying his trailer or renting his trailer, and like sure i mean what what's going on and like kind of got to digging in the story and this gal her dad had passed away and he had a 79 trans am that was like sat in a barn for the past seven or eight years since he's passed away and the gal's husband didn't know where it was at because they had divorced and like she didn't want him getting her hand getting his hands on it because it's her dad's car like this whole thing and she's moving to florida and wanted to rent Cody's trailer to haul this car to Florida. Well, got to you know getting all this story out, and it's like, there's no way you're gonna go get a 1979 Trans Am that's been sitting for a decade out of a barn and get it loaded on a trailer and strapped down good enough to go to Florida. Like, how about how about we just go get it for you? And her plan was to take when she got to Florida, she had some really high hemp job where she made a whole bunch of money. She's gonna drop it off at some shop in Miami. And be like, call me when it's done. Like, completely restore this thing. It's my dad's car. Money's not an object, you know. And they would do an awful and, job of restoring it. Well, yeah. It. So, anyway, <laughs> fast forward. We go and we find the barn and we find the car. Air up the tires. And it, like, it has been sitting in a legit barn. Like, had a concrete floor. But, like, had the quintessential mason jar full of nails on the counter next to it. Like, covered in bird shit and coon shit. Like, it was disgusting. We get it loaded on the car trailer. It had um, like the front mark, like fog light or marker light. That lens was knocked off, and the driver outside door handle, like on those old Pontiacs, like how they like kind of hinge up. Mm-hmm. That like pot metal handle was busted. Everything else about the car was mint, but it was just filthy dirty. We took it to Blue Beacon, had him rinse it off, and I got a picture on my phone. I'll show it to you. It like shines like a diamond pulling out of blue beacon. Like this car doesn't even need restore. Like it needs a carpet kit and like they parked it. Cause like it had low oil pressure or something. It's like, you know, freshen the motor up, put some carpet in it and put some new gas in it. Some new tires. Like you're ready to rock and roll. It's crazy. What non car people like parks the cars over. Yeah. Come on. We wouldn't crank. And like that's a $10 cylinder on the fender wall. Like, yeah. So I have a, a kind of a barn find story. I don't think I've ever told on this. Uh, we went up to Herrick uh, to look at an F-350 for my father-in-law. And we pull up in the driveway and look out in the pasture, and there's a 65 Ranchero sitting out in the pasture. Okay. You know, there's goats all around it. Grass is growing up around it. So... We walk right past the truck and walk over the ranchero. We're like, is this for sale? And he's like, oh, yeah, I would sell it. He said, uh, it needs points, I think is what he said. I got to set the trunk. Let's go. So <laughs> they were in the glove box. So we look at it. It's got, it's been restored at some point, rust-free, 
Uh, the only thing not painted on it was the tailgate, which was in the which was in the uh, back seat, mm-hmm. and they were running it off of a boat gas tank, mm-hmm. and it had fiberglass front fenders. Is you know same thing, filthy dirty. We're like, what's the story here? He said, well, I rebuilt the motor. Um, doesn't have any spark. Like, okay, so how much? So we bought the Ranchero, then went and looked at the truck, bought the truck. So we took the truck back to Effingham, got a trailer, came back and got the Ranchero. Mm-hmm. And same thing, just power washing it and scrubbing it. I mean, it shined like a diamond. And we, my father-in-law pulls out a business card, sets the points with a business card, and fires up motor hammers, just hammering. <laughs> like oh my gosh so we pulled the motor I, we pulled the motor in like an hour maybe even less like maybe maybe 40 minutes yeah don't take much yeah it was a inline six yeah. you know uh and uh the way god wanted it to be we uh we uh put on an engine stand and flipped it over it had like an inch of crankshaft in play oh it was huge we're like well this is junk you know what i mean yeah so I went inside and like laid down to take a nap and I got to thinking, I was like, did that have a thrust bearing on the crank? And I went and looked and he had put the thrust bearing on the rear, like the Chevy guy, like where a Chevy would go and uh-huh. the thrust bearing goes in the middle on right. the Ford. Yep. And we got a new set of bearings and put in there, put it together, run like a sewing machine. And it, it, he had rebuilt it. Like and he sold know, all that, the gaskets right? were fresh and stuff. Yeah. So he wanted to flip it. He had it for sale for 6500 bucks for like six months. And really no interest. Oh, I remember the story so now. Okay, yep. Down by Springfield, Missouri, where my father-in-law was living, they had like a Barrett-Jackson-type classic car auction. So he had it listed on Facebook. He gets a call. He goes, hey, I'm the auctioneer for this classic car auction. I'd love for you to bring your car and put it in the auction. My father-in-law's like, yeah, no way. Like, get lost. Mm-hmm. So he told me about it. He's like, yeah, can you believe that? I was like, how much was it? He's like, I don't know. I didn't even ask. So he called back, like, what percentage do you take? He said, we take 500 bucks. That's it. Flat fee. Flat fee. If it doesn't sell, you don't pay. He's like, okay. He so mind you, it was for sale for a long time for sixty five hundred. He took it that auction, got ninety three hundred dollars. Before or after the five hundred dollars? Uh before. Okay. So very nice. That's my that's my barn find story. Very nice. Yeah, I love it. I like that a lot. Wish there was more of them out there. All right. So we'll what's your so we're gonna this is gonna roll real nicely. Okay. So what is your favorite recent car story? Recent. <laughs> the, I was trying you, to go into the Route 66 thing. All right. So you have, besides Route 66, do you have a favorite car story? Oh man, uh, I got a pretty funny one. That it's uh, not. It's more of a truck story, less of a car story. Uh, I've done a lot of dumb things in cars, but uh, like we mentioned earlier, I move every three years, and I've had a couple of bad moving experiences. And um, all my stories start out with I was talking to my brother and insert bad idea okay i execute it so um i was going to be moving from chicago to california and i and moving to moving from hawaii to north carolina was a nightmare and then moving from north carolina to chicago had to unload and reload the truck like three times by myself and it was nightmare 
So I talked to the U-Haul guy. I'm like, hey, I'm going to load this truck up. I'm going to store it in your lot for 30 days. I'll throw you whatever you want for it. And then I'm just going to load it so I don't have to load and unload this truck two and three times with myself. And he's like, yeah, we could do that for sure. Uh, I work right down the road from it. So like probably like a couple weeks before I was supposed to move, like two or three weeks, I go by and check with the guy and, you know, try to work out a date. He's like, ah, we can't do that, but um, I'll hook you up with a rental storage and we'll, we'll put it in the thing. I'm like, no, nah, that ain't going to work. In hindsight, I should have just paid like a couple of movers to help me move. But like, you never, you know, like get weirdos in your house and mm. your kids and stealing your stuff. Like, it's just a bad thought. So I'm pretty irritated by it. I, so I go home and I, you know, indulge myself and frosty pops on the back porch. <laughs> and I call my brother. I'm like, man, this is bull. You know, I'm like irritated about it. And he's like, I was like, I'm going to buy a race car trailer. And he's like, man, your truck ain't going to pull that. I'm like, I'll just buy a bigger truck. I've been wanting anyone anyways. And there you like, go. And he's like, well, if you're going to buy a big truck, why don't you buy a moving truck? I'm like, well, <laughs> he's like, yeah. I like where this is going. Yeah, there's tons of them up there. I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, like, yeah, moving truck? Like, he's like, yeah, you'd probably buy one cheaper and you can rent one. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I feel like I like your brother. Oh, so, we need to meet your brother. Oh, we should have brought him. I, you know what? I didn't even think about it. I don't think he works today. I, I, we missed an opportunity. You guys really missed an opportunity. Damn it. He's big. My brother's big and bearded and stuff, so he's way cooler looking than I am. <laughs> but uh, so he talks me into this or whatever. He's sending me some uh, Facebook, you know, marketplace stuff, and I'm working. I was a recruiter at the time, you know, grooming young children to be, join the <laughs> to go fight. get shot at. <laughs> yeah, join the finest fighting force in America. But um, which is kind of creepy when you look back at it that way. <laughs> But that's what I did. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, doing your doing your duty as an American, regardless. So and we find this. Uh, you want a you want a charger? So we uh, narrowed it down. I didn't want a diesel because I hate diesels, and uh, we narrowed it down. There's ninety three, ninety four U-Haul had these big block Chevy trucks. So I kind of narrowed it down. To those. They have a three sixty six in them, or yeah. Gotcha. It's America's favorite motor right there. <laughs> 366 tall deck big block. It's like the 305 of the big block Chevy. <laughs> but uh, they're, T- or, uh, they're TBI. They got a distributor. They're each, you know, they're just easy to work on. Okay, okay. But so I buy this freaking truck. It's got a bad brake line. I test drive it. This guy lets me in. This guy lets me. <laughs> I'm loving this already. This guy lets me test drive this uh, this. Big old U-Haul truck. He had no idea whether I can drive or not. He's like, oh, we just got to dump some brake fluid in it. I was go- trying to sell it for X amount, but it blew the brake line. And I was like, well, does it run and drive? And he's like, yeah, but you're going to have to dump some brake fluid and be careful. I'm like, all right, man. So I fire this truck up, and it's a dead of winter. This is like December. <laughs> be in Chicago. Yeah, December as suburbs of Chicago. But yeah, December 2017. The polar vortex or whatever. It was. <laughs> so I bang this thing down the road and it runs to the gears and the you know everything smells good. I'm like, all right, cool. It smells good. <laughs> hey, that's a thing, you know. So uh, I think I, I think the guy like beat himself down like 50 percent on the price over like a brand. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the I, best. I love those. That's my best. Well, like it's mid December or whatever, and he needs to sell it for his tax reasons or whatever. I don't I don't know how that all works, but anyhow. So he beats himself up like half the price. And I'm like, yeah, man, I didn't even have to drew this guy down. If Perfect. You, yeah. So I'm like, so I uh, buy it off. I might, I uh, talk the wife in. I'm like, I bought this truck. And my wife is uh, a big, my wife, have con- my wife has confidence in me. Uh, 
all my stupid ideas. She's like, yeah, that's a good one. Perfect. She backs me up, uh, which she probably shouldn't. <laughs> Hindsight. So I go and we, I am like, hey, babe, I need you to help with me to pick this truck up that I'm going to buy. And um, so we stop by Walmart and I get the big gulp of brake fluid. <laughs> <laughs> so i go in there i'm just like we don't need no stinking so i just get like vice grips i try to pinch it off the best i can oh but yeah it's a you know it's a, a beautiful uh chicago truck so <laughs> i pinch and it cracks and it pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so i filled this thing full of brake fluid and I, you know, I drive it home and I go like, you know, 10 miles and I'm, the brakes start going away and I pull over and dump some more brake fluid and like, <laughs> it's a nightmare. I get into my subdivision, the parking brake doesn't work, but um, I end up, you know, just swapping the brake line out. It, it was actually a really good running truck for what it was. Like I really lucked out on it, but I end up loading this thing in the dead of winter. Uh, I back it in the truck, I go to set the parking brake and the like, truck runs away, like about to go smash my neighbor's like thing. And I run down the driveway <laughs> to catch this U-Haul trying to bust my butt. And my wife laughs at me. And I jump up and I get in the truck and get it stopped right before I, you know, cause $50,000 in neighbor car damage. But I'm loading this thing in the dead of winter in Chicago and it's like blistering cold out and like wind and then like the whole like the death ramp that you load stuff in the back. Oh, of right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just icing over. I'm throwing salt on it, like trying not to die. But uh, I get everything loaded in it, and uh, we bang it. We drive it down to Marshall, Illinois, where I'm from, and my brother's there. I'm like, oh, we should, you know, go through this and check that and plugs and spark. He's like, Ain't, don't mess with it. <laughs> I'm like, I want to make sure the AC and the radio. I don't need no radio, because <laughs> my brother said he was gonna drive with me to to move me. You know, my brother, my brother is a definitely a big supporter on that. So. It's all going well. I bought this super cheap U-Haul truck. It's a 93 in 2017, so it's an old truck. The tires looked okay on it. I couldn't find like a U, like those tires are like 300 bucks. I was 19 trying to find- fives, right? Yeah, it's the weird size that nobody has and trying to find a used one and not pay like 300 bucks for a spare. Nah, we don't need it. Okay, Tim. <laughs> there's, there's two extra on the back. Yeah. I'm talking to my cousin Bill about it. He's like, well, I don't know if you'll make it, but if you do, it'll be a cool story. <laughs> Done. It definitely like set the hook. <laughs> We're doing but, this now. So everything's loaded up. And it's like, you know, I spend like Christmas and stuff with the family. And it's like the morning of, and I'm like, got a knot in my stomach. Like, man, everything I own is in the back of this piece of crap truck. That I'm supposed to be taking to California, and like this could go real bad. It's a long trip. <laughs> yeah, it's a long trip and an untested truck. I drove it like 100 miles. I drove it like 10 miles home, threw a brake line on it, bled it in the winter with my wife, and that was a bonding experience. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Why are women like that? Like it was pump it up, hold it down. Oh, are we done yet? Like this, you have the easiest job. Just use your legs. Oh, it was free. No, there was like obviously I picked the best weather to do anything in like planning is not my strong suit, but uh, it's like sleeting and like snows like flying in and she's like freezing, you know, but it was all, it was a bonding. I'm underneath the car, like freezing to death, like pump it, go. And it's a, the brake line is nine and a half miles long. <laughs> Approximately. How many whales? Well, anything but metric. 
Well, it's <laughs> and so that's like ten thousand pumps. I'm like, <laughs> I need it to go. I got what's left of the big gold. <laughs> so that was, but so I have like no time on this thing, and my gut is in knots. And I'm like, man, Tim, I don't know. If this is a good idea. We should just rent a U-Haul truck and just move it while you're here. Like the two of us could unload this truck in a couple hours. He's like, oh, you thought this was a good idea? Smoking a cigarette. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? You thought this guy? Oh, this is the worst idea I've ever. <laughs> this is the worst idea I've ever talked you into. <laughs> I'm like, Damn. yeah. I'm like, I'm like, bud. Like, come on, man. This really isn't the time. He's like, and at the time, is my, he older? Yeah. That's awesome. What a oh. great brother. He's like, like, this is me and my brother, honestly. <laughs> Honestly. And he's like, I can't believe you listened to me, you idiot. Oh, yeah. And he's like, in on, he's like, oh, yeah, this, <laughs> this is going to be bad. <laughs> and he's like, well, quit talking about this. Fire this truck up. Get me out of Illinois so I can drive this thing. Because at the time, he, Illinois didn't want him driving in the state of Illinois. <laughs> he had gotten some trouble or whatever. He had a, he had a driver's license, but Illinois didn't like it or whatever. I don't know the whole deal. <laughs> Get me out of Illinois so I can drive this thing. <laughs> it sounds like something your dad would say. It would, it definitely. Yeah, just just think about your gut being up, up here knots about everything you own moving to a whole other side of the country with all your stuff in a 30-year-old truck and your brother's just harassing you. <laughs> so we get this thing out and get it banging down the interstate. And uh, if you don't, if you never drove an older U-Haul truck, those 366s, you have to wind them like a NASCAR motor. They're running oh, like yeah. 65, and they're like, that's just... And that's he, all she's got. Yeah, and he calls his buddy that running. He's like, oh, yeah, let's just have those three... They just wind them up, man. They'll be fine. It's not going to over rev or hurt nothing. Just on the wood all day, it'll it'll be fine. Yep. And we wind, and we're running down, you know, 70, and and this thing is wound up. It's just super tight. Just, I'm like just waiting for this thing to come apart. We get in down into Missouri. Tim wants to drive, and life's good. We I think we make it all the way down to Joplin the first day or somewhere down there. Tim, Tim pulls over and then I'll check engine lights on. The um, EGR valve had like rusted and popped up. So I'm like, I'll just run out of auto, auto zone and get EGR. Nope. We break one of those bolts off. We're in all kinds of trouble. He's like, I got something. I'm like, oh, Jesus. I come back. He's got this monstrosity of coat hanger holding this <laughs> EGR valve, the little vacuum canister. That Did he learn that trick it. from Uncle Art? Probably. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, Meanwhile, your laundry is just on the <laughs> on the side of the road, like I need these hangers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he gets it on there, perfect, and it actually made it all. But we never had a problem with the EGR the rest of the way to California, and so we'd stay at the hotel. And my wife is like deathly afraid of like hotels and like bed bugs. Oh, so your wife came with you? Yeah, she drove. Oh, the, she does. Oh, she was following. Yeah. Yeah, and I drove the truck with her, and like Tim. My daughters love my... Oh, I had two dogs and stuff in this trip. I got two kids, two dogs. <laughs> oh, that makes it even more interesting. Yeah. Should have led with that. <laughs> oh, I, I forget the best part of the story. Like, my brother is hilarious, and like he likes messing with people, but uh, he re- made us refer to him as Captain Chet on the trip. <laughs> Captain Chet. <laughs> I don't know where he came up with it or what movie, but he was doing it, and the kids are... Just, my kids are playing into it because they're younger at this point. They're... 
whatever, and they wanted to ride with Uncle Tim in the U-Haul truck. Jesus. Captain Chat. Captain Chat. Yeah, and they're just banging down the highway with the dogs hanging out. Get me out of the state so I can drive. We see, we see, we see Tim on the highway, and I got my, my uh, brown dog. I don't know if you guys ever met my cool dog, Koa, before he passed, but he's like hanging out the side of the U-Haul truck, just halfway out on the mirror, goes Paul on the mirror, like halfway out, just loving it. But um, we bang down through Missouri or whatever. Um, we end up in Oklahoma. And uh, Tim, we come off this intersection for whatever reason. It's like steep and short. And so we get down, we stop, and Tim comes over, and you know Tim's running like whatever the max speed of that thing is. Tim's running <laughs> <laughs> to the wood. <laughs> yeah, that's the way my brother ran that thing. And uh, he went to shut it down. He had some issues with the brakes. We pull over, and we had broke some of the the caliper. The there's a little I beam that holds the big truck calipers on. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So it's Sunday. The best day to break down. Right. <laughs> You're right. But we're in Oklahoma, and so all the shops are closed to try to call. And we call Napa, and we call O'Reilly's, and that's, I think that's where I became an O'Reilly's fan. They actually had the piece we needed and was willing to sell us both sizes, unlike Napa. Like, well, I'll sell you the one you want. Like, I don't know which one I want. I'll buy both. Well, then you'll have to return it. Like, I'm not returning a $20 part. I'm going to chuck it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Through your window. <laughs> so... So we got this huge truck, way overloaded, and um, we go, and there's this tire shop, and no one's open in town but this tire shop. And we pull in, they're like, hey, we need to swap this out or whatever. And he's like, I don't work on big trucks, but I got an air hose and an impact and a jack. I'll, the spot over here you can work on. So if you guys ever want to break down, like, Oklahoma's the spot. Okay. <laughs> Noted. So, and actually, I thought it was on Route 66. I was trying to find that shop. I wanted to go in there and, like, just tell that guy again, like, how much of a hero he was that day, but... I don't know where it is. If I find that shop one day, I, I, I will go in there. and Put it on, Mark it on the GPS for us. I don't know where it's at. I, I was hoping to see it. on. I thought it was on Route 66 because we got off the highway and was hitting like these little Oklahoma towns trying to find parts. But um, So we you know we fixed it. And my brother's having a time with it, taking pictures, and I'm trying to bang <laughs> this thing out. My brother's just you know being silly. I told you, John, this is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Told you so. It's the so. worst damn idea I talked you into. <laughs> but... um. So we get it patched up and 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 we get down the road and a little bit later blow a freaking tire, and so we're call- and it's again it's late at night by the time we blow it I'm calling these people trying to get this tire fixed, and um, there's like this rinky dink tire shop open I think we got that size, so we pull in there and my wife is already just n- we we're barely to Oklahoma and my wife's like this is- we got a long way to go yet. Like, this is not a good idea. But we pull into this, and it's like the dirtiest little tire shop you've ever seen. Used truck tire shop, and they were open or whatever. And uh, the guy's like, come on back, come on back. And there's an awning over this building. Just boom! <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and, like, I kind of got the... the truck. Yeah. The guy's like, but the whole time he's waving, I'm like, Tim, no, watch out. <laughs> and the guy's like... Just waving all in, waving. <laughs> so we so we bashed this dude's tire shop. But it, I kind of got the feel the guy I was talking to on the phone wasn't the guy who ran the operation. He was just trying to like make a cash sale after hours. So he's like, ah, it's fine. <laughs> but it turns out he didn't have the size we needed, and we had to go down the road on like <laughs> ruining his building. Yeah, so he didn't have the size we needed. So we run down the road to the next actual tire shop. And we See get you by. <laughs> we get one stuffed on there so and then we you know back on the highway banging out through and uh tim didn't want me to fix the air conditioning you think 
being an air conditioning guy, I should have air conditioning, but especially on a truck that was factory equipped with it. But he didn't want it. So we get out in Arizona. Or radio. Uh, it was like a sketchy radio. Okay. It's like, you know, gotcha. only got the Christian stations. <laughs> Everyone, the old like '90s LCD, yeah, the LCD yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. Chevys, the ones that like nah, hit and miss. But uh, they had like the gray and like yellow orange buttons. Yeah, on. the big one. They had a couple orange buttons. We had a we had a top kick for work, and when my dad when I was little, my dad used to take me with it, and same thing, thirty five mile an hour to the wood. Yeah. <laughs> we used to go over to St. Louis to get stuff. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, the transmission is the Allison 345. Looks like a turbo 400, but like bigger. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like if Al- Al- after the Allison 345 is like the uh, ugly fat sister to the teach. But, but no park in it. No park. It has, it has an electric <laughs> park that doesn't work that well. Yeah. <laughs> and mine was adjusted to the max, so you had to get out and be fast with the with a tire chop. Like, <laughs> it, helped, it worked a little bit, but you couldn't trust it. You just know? enough to those, slow it down. Those for you listening, uh, he just did some kind of ninja move with the tire chop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you had to be like, got to be quicker than that. Yeah, <laughs> like two, trust it like a two dollar pistol. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, we end up banging it all out through the things. Those are the only major breakdowns that we had. Um, just that thing going up the hills in Arizona and stuff. And it was like snowing. There was like a major car wreck. And my brother, oh, the lights up top went out. And But uh, my wife like checks the hotel rooms that we stay at, you know, reading the reviews and all that. My wife's very thorough. But she's like deathly afraid of like bed bugs or getting something weird from a hotel room. So she has the, like the light and like the glasses to make sure like CSI stuff, right? <laughs> Shit. My wife is not going to, we're, we're never going to have a dirty hotel. So I'm glad she's that thorough because I will just <laughs> walk in there half dead and just fall on any direct motel. It's a good thing you're in my basement, not your wife. <laughs> she'd be down there with her light like, oh, I'm not going to go to this dude's basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um. And my brother's harassing her the whole time. <laughs> uh, he gets pulled over at one of those way stations, and my brother's like, "Look, they're like this commercial vehicle because like on the door it says like fourteen nine or something, and we're like sixteen thousand pounds or whatever it was, way over, whatever." And it was the big U-Haul truck, so whatever those numbers were. And he's like, "No, this is a personal truck." And he's like, "This is my brother's truck. He's moving in the military or whatever." And they let him, he like calls me and they're like, well, it had like some dance academy like name on the door, but it didn't have any DOT numbers. So I didn't tape over him. Right. So it was like that, the guy wanted us to tape over this dance academy stuff. So we put a big X on the door and <laughs> move Def- on. Definitely not dance academy. <laughs> so, this is great. So like we, like we almost got like 15, th- I don't know what, what, I mean, the overload. I don't know what those uh, fines are. It's like $10 are. a pound. I imagine it was rowdy. And he, they was asking for a logbook and stuff. And, like, I don't know if my brother was, like, my brother sometimes has a serious bones and sometimes just wants to be rowdy. So, I don't know how he was Handling playing with this. the cop. He's probably just like, well, I don't know. This turn, you know, he's probably just being funny with him. I don't know. What's your name, boy? Chet. <laughs> <laughs> Captain, Captain to you. Yeah. The dogs are in the pasture seat slobbering. <laughs> <laughs> old decrepit dogs, too, because the dogs are like 10, 11 years old going gray at that Get point. Get the hell out of my state. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably they pretty much kicked him, kicked him out and sent him on the road. And he calls me back, and I'm like, "I called you, and I called you back, and I was dealing with these DOT officers. <laughs> I was detained. And I was like, what happened?' He's like, "Oh, you let me go. I'm on the road. They wanted the logbook. He's like, maybe I'll pick one up for the next truck stop.'" <laughs> 
<laughs> Where's your logbook, son? I don't know. You got one I can borrow? <laughs> but anyhow, we go to the rest of the trip, and you know the truck ran perfect, and I got there and got our house and got moved in and stuff. And I went to sell this thing. This is the part I've been waiting for. Dude, I got pictures. I'll have to find them when we're done here. Okay. So there's not a huge market for used uh, U-Haul trucks. And I know like people was moving. Because everybody's them, moving to California. Yeah, I don't know about that. but <laughs> In 17, probably. Who knows? But anyhow, I'm like, oh, I could rent this truck out to dudes moving around town and stuff. And my wife's like, you need insurance. And my wife is like, Buy yeah, the book. Yeah. Okay, okay. My okay. wife is a firstborn. You know, they rack the car. They'd be like, whatever. Like, I'm. Psh. We made our money on this move. You know, like whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything else. Just if this truck it. disappears in the thing, I'm like, I sold to the guy for two hundred bucks. I don't know what he did with it. <laughs> he killed. He killed a bus full of pregnant nuns. Wow. <laughs> I got the bill of sale right here. <laughs> but every customer has to sign a bill of sale before they take it. <laughs> yeah. So that that idea was boshed, and then me just having a truck to like uh, store my treasures in was not happening because my wife does not like my hoarding of automobile collectibilities, and uh, so that was not happening. So I had to sell it, and so I get a couple calls from people, and like, what type of gas mileage you get? None, but none. <laughs> <laughs> smiles per gallon. I got my shit here. <laughs> yeah, it's got brand new tires on it, and well, one. Well, the other ones were good. He just hit, like, someone dropped a hitch out of the back of the truck, and that's what he hit. I see. Did you pick up the hitch? No, I was Damn running it. 75 mile an hour down the <laughs> intersect. Boom, we're behind him. I see, like, something slipping down the road. I'm like, what was that? <laughs> we pull in for gas, and I check, and I'm like, oh, everything looks good. And it was the inside tire. But, um, anyhow, I, so we get a call from the guy, and he's like, that thing for sale? And I was like, yeah. You know, obviously it's on here. <laughs> and he's like, I'll meet you tonight. And he's like, what do you want for it? And I think I had, I think I bought the thing for like 2000 bucks, 1500 bucks or 2,500 bucks, something like that. It wasn't much. I think I had it for sale for like 75 or 65 or something. Hell something yeah. Double my money. And I was just waiting just for someone to just come beat me down on price. I'm like, man, I really can't do that for that. And here you go. Make two year end. Yeah. It, right. Yeah, right. So he's like, yeah, well I need it tonight and whatever, whatever. I'm like, all right, cool. And I was like, man, this is kind of sketchy. <laughs> so I hit up my buddy and I'm like, we got to meet this guy. I'm like, I'm going to meet him in a public Walmart. So we get there and the guy has cash. Like he has a roll of cash. And the story is he's hauling uh, aircraft, uh, a break, uh, like a broke down Cessna back to Oregon. But the whole time he's got like this little dope head wife, girlfriend in this car, like smoking out. It's California. So it's like, whatever. <clears throat> but he's like really weirded out about. So we never lost the light in the thing. One all the way from the whole time I had it. And then, we lost the headlight going down there. Like, oh, I have to have the headlight fixed. I can't be driving without a headlight. I'm like, dude, it's Walmart. I'll walk in and grab one for 10 bucks. And yeah. So I go and grab it and I check it. And he's, man, this truck's perfect. And he like starts handing me all these $100 bills. Like, man, are these counterfeit? Like, the whole deal's sketchy. So the guy wants to put his little rental car in the bed of this truck. Okay. And we are at Walmart <laughs> in Yucca Valley, which is that yep. next little yep. town. I'm like, dude, I don't, you know, like a loading ramp? I'm like, I don't freaking know. Like, I've been living here like a month. He's like, well, I kind of, while we were waiting for you to come down here, and we, I had my homeboy, I brought uh, Andrew Meeks. He, uh, you guys, uh, he came out to California a couple times to Gambler 500 with me. He used to be, live out in 29 Palms, but um, he, like, I brought him with me so I didn't get shot, and I brought, like, my pistol and stuff. <laughs> 
because I'm not trying to get like waxed over a $6,500 truck. They can have the truck. For the but he's like, I scout out the area and there's a, there's a ledge back there that we can load this truck on. I'm like, Oh my goodness. So we like, drive <laughs> were you paid at this point? I think so. so I think fun. I made sure. Yeah, yeah. I got the headline in it. And, um, you should have told him you put the, the death ramp down and just go 40 <laughs> mile an hour. Ramp it into the bed. <laughs> Skin it up. It'll there. be good. It's like those videos on the air. It just folds. He just hits the Dude, I wish I'd have been that slick. <laughs> so my my buddy Andrew Meeks is is an instigator too. And he's like, yeah, let's see this. I think I'm like, yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right, let's do it. Let's I'm in. So we back this thing up and there's like so Andrew runs over and like steals some pallets from uh the, like the the loading dock of um Home Depot back there and we're like stacking rocks and stuff. And I do have pictures to prove this is a true story. And man, dude is like getting wiry or wiry. I don't know if he they like hit a bowl of crack or whatever between <laughs> like driving from Walmart to there, but like he's like, Oh, we gotta get this thing going. I gotta pick this car up and we're like, All right, dude, whatever. So we drive this car in, and this car like barely fits, and it has to like there's little <clears throat> the the wheel covers has to like yeah. hop up over me. Had to be like a ramp of the rocks, and he has to crawl out of the car. <laughs> and I'm like, are you gonna strap this thing down? Because if you never in Yucca Valley, it's up on top of a mountain. There's a mountain you gotta climb. It's like I don't know in like two miles. It's probably two or three thousand foot climb. It's pretty serious. But this guy's about to go down, and he's like, I put the parking brake on. Okay. I was like, all right, well, hey, you know, like ten four, brother. That's the you know how you're supposed to like sign over the title and send that thing in to say that you relinquished. Has anyone ever sent one of those off? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Sam refuses to. I do. Okay, so that well, I sold this on this day to this guy. Dude, I took a picture of this guy's ID. It was like super sketchy. So I took and I sent that thing off right away. Called the insurance company. I'm like. Ain't mine no more. Yeah. Yep. I left my plates on it for him, though. Good luck in Oregon. (laughs) And the guy, or Washington, he called me like a couple days later. He's like, man, this good truck, man. I made it all the way to Washington. I was like, all right, good. (laughs) I lose my number. New phone, who this? But that truck and that that trip, for whatever reason, all the adventures, and I'm sure I'm forgetting half of it. um, That was one of the funniest trips and I'm glad my brother came out there to help me move to California and be silly the whole time and keep me from like stressing out for real. But he probably caused more stress. This is the dumbest thing I ever talked to you. Oh my goodness. I'm telling you like real stress was real. Like stomach was not. And he was just not playing along. Like, Oh, it'll be okay. But no, that's not my brother. He's not that guy. (laughs) Like you're totally screwed, bro. He's he's not a nurturer. Like we're going to about to burn boy. Let's (laughs) go. Get me out of the state. <laughs> uh, fire face at DC on this radio, baby. Highway to hell. Let's go. Hell yeah. So that's probably, that's a really short story long. Uh, but Which we appreciate. Yeah, 2,400 miles or however far it is in a $2,400 U-Haul truck was the cat's pajamas with all my possessions in the back of it. And then you made money at the end of it. I did. Even better. God bless it. Even it, better. The, the, that truck was... A, it's the American dream. I mean, really. Yeah, drive a drive a piece of crap. <laughs> to the oh, that's I missed that part out. From Vegas. But wait, there's more. That's the thing. But but from Vegas to where Twenty Nine Palms, there's nothing. There's like you hit that, you bang off that interstate, and you you pass a sign that says no service next hundred miles. 
there's nothing out there. Uh-huh. You can see all the stars and constellations and stuff. Just like going to that place, uh, what do you call it, the observatory? With, mm-hmm. Like out in 29 Palms, out in between like Vegas and 29 Palms, when you look up in the sky at night, it's just like that. There's n- absolutely nothing out there. And we're banging this piece of crap <clears throat> U-Haul truck down the road with absolutely nothing for us No support. There. You're just flapping in the breeze. Yeah, that thing would have done whatever, like... We had a, we, at least we had a chase vehicle then, but it was exciting. I've never been so happy to park, it, park anything <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Get on the ground and kiss it. Man. Man. So tell us about your most recent story in the opposite direction from California to Illinois. So start at the beginning. All right. So the beginning would be uh, where I was stationed. I, I lived in... Uh, I didn't live in Joliet. I worked in Joliet. And there's a lot of Route 66 stuff. At the end of that uh, U-Haul truck story, we're on Route 66. And I was like, man, we basically followed Route 66 the whole way. And so for whatever reason, I had been thinking about Route 66 for for years. For years and years. And um, when I get out there in the desert and you know, being a dude from Illinois and like seeing all this rusty craziness, like I bought bunch of rest free cars out there and stuff couldn't and I, stop i couldn't this is like addiction i don't i, I know what these i know what these people go through now and uh so and everyone i always talk to everyone's like oh yeah drive one of those rest free cars back and you know i bought some rest free blazers and crew cab chevy truck one ton four wheel drives and all the good stuff and i was like man it's here I'm like this is real life like they talked about this as a kid like this is real <laughs> yeah. rest free car promise land yeah so um and everyone's always wanting to run one back, and I've always you know, I wanted to run one back. I wanted to run one of those Chevy trucks back. I brought a Ford back instead. I don't know why I did that. Not good at planning again. So was it for sale? The Mustang? Yeah. It's my daughter. Oh, okay. So. Well, I didn't know. You have to ask her. I'll give you your number. <laughs> but um, it should be though. That's what that's the purpose of it. Like you could make some decent money and having a good road trip. So anyhow, I, I talked to you guys out there at King of Hammers about it one night, and again, I was hanging out with my brother and on the phone talking with him he's bah, bah, we're gonna drive one back get i'm gonna just send you a check you buy me something cool i'm gonna drive it back and i'm like all right bud <laughs> and i was talking and i've had I'm like, man, i've had this conversation so many times i was like i'll put a youtube or youtube but um facebook facebook group. group up and i was like i've a couple Barley pops in i tell the wife about it and she's like okay cool I'm like, <laughs> You're trying like, to think oh, of, that's dangerous you shouldn't have said that and i was like we're gonna do Route 66 back? And she's like, that'd be a cool trip. Like, I'm not going, but you should do it. <laughs> so I put it up, and I, I got a bunch of interest. I, you know, a couple guys hit me up. Like, man, we'd like to do it. And like, I'm like, because everyone's scared. Because running a vehicle back by yourself, and if you have an alternator or whatever, that turns into a $1,000 alternator. If you have to get a tow or in a hotel room or whatever. But, like, Jimmy's five, 50 miles behind you, picks one up at O'Reilly's. It's, you know an hour and a half on the side of the road and Jimmy shows up and throws an alternator. It's a funny story. Yeah. Right, right. So that was the purpose behind it. So I hit up and so uh, I, I made that group up and a lot of people, you know, would hit me up. And then for whatever reason, you know, life happened with a lot of people in a short notice uh, and, you know, kind of poorly planned, but it kind of, I worked it around my schedule because I had been working out of town a lot and uh, I wanted to get back and my daughter's, her last year of high school is coming up. So we need to come, come, bring home and check out the rental house. And I wanted to do something cool with her before she has like a real life and responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, this is, this will work out. And it's her car. And she wasn't really like, 
interested in it the way I wish like my parents or you know my mom or stepdad or whoever been like get on CJ Pony and pick out some stuff you want on there and I'll buy it. Right. Like I gave that to her and she just like really wasn't into the car the way I'm like all right so I'm gonna get this thing running good and we're gonna bang this thing across the country in Route 66 and at the end of it you're gonna love or hate it so one way or the other and it's a lot easier to store the car here because originally like I bought the car to flip. You know, and that didn't work out because she liked it. She likes Mustangs, which is, I didn't raise her. I didn't raise her like that. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm kind of rambling here. So I put the group up and and I, you know, left town for months and months and people hit me up and I shared some cars and, um, you know, people had some health issues come up and people had this and that come up and it comes down to it and like no one's there. I'm like, okay. I need to make this Mustang run a lot better because I was ready to wing it. I was ready to throw new tires on it, fresh those spark plugs, and like see what happens. So, so Chad didn't even show up. No, Chad couldn't. Chad's got to just start a new job, and it's racing season, and you know. Now I fucking so, feel bad. So I am going to break a golden rule on this podcast, but I have to. It's like Festivus. You got to air my grievances. So me and Sam were pretty serious about doing it so what sam you were sending me three Vehicles. three four cars a day and there was some mint stuff for 2500 bucks i mean there was like there was like 80s dodge pickup trucks like 1500 bucks you could eat off the underside of it yeah yep. and i i don't even like a couple we were like yeah like that that's the one that's the one yep and so Sam's girlfriend is also a car person and she gets word that we're going to do this. She's like, well, I'm going. And we're like, okay, well, if you're going, like you got to sit in the back. She's like, I'm not sitting in the back. Dozer's got to sit in the back. So Sam's like, you should probably get your own car. I was like, I'm not driving. I'm not going to California. Like if I'm going to California and buying a piece of shit, like I'm driving back with my buddy, Sam, which full disclosure, she said she would be willing to switch off backseat duty with you. Okay, I, she I, just wasn't, didn't, I wasn't made aware of that. She didn't want to do it the whole time. And and so, like, hindsight is always better. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty or whatever. But if the backseat was a 76 <clears throat> Cadillac, you might be in love. Well, so, and we probably should have considered something with bigger backseat and did it. But So, all that to say, well, we'll get back to the rest of your story here in just a second. We were 100% on board, and two things killed it. Thing number one was the miscommunication about the backseat deal. Thing number two was the Sensuas took hold big time because we were looking like $5,000 max was my budget. Well, I sent you that Dodge Dart for fucking eighteen grand, and it was a $25,000 car in Illinois all day. That's and, a clean ride. And I was like, I'm just going to buy this. Take some money out of savings, buy this, drive it home, and make the all the gas money back plus a couple grand on top and have a cool-ass story at the end. Well, on paper, that sounds good, but two things kind of were brought to my attention. Number one, I would probably decide to keep it once I got home. And, yeah, thing, <laughs> and thing two, um, we're kind of hot and heavy on the trail of the house, and... Obviously, we haven't bought a house yet, but had I spent $18,000 of my house money on a car, we'd have probably found a house the next week. So, 
she's like, I'm totally cool. He's spending five, six grand, but not 18. So that kind of threw, took all the wind out of the sails and like, we totally dropped the ball and then like, didn't say anything about it for two months. And all of a sudden, like it's the middle of June, like this thing's coming up in three weeks. Are we doing it? Like, sh- no, no, we're not. But next year I say we, we do have. it. Yeah. I didn't keep the steam up on my end either. Cause I was working out of town and stuff. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. I say 23 is our year. So. Or 24, sorry. 24 is our year. Yeah. I, uh, since I haven't been going to KOH, I always tell my wife, I was like, this is my yearly California trip. Yeah. So. Anyway, I gotta, I gotta go pee. Let's take a break. All right. Taking a break. Or something. So anyway, we're back. The trip was called from sunshine to high crime. Talk about that. Um, I was trying to think of a catchy name and I was sitting in bed. It's like 11 o'clock at night and I'm doing this and my wife's like, whatever. I'm like coming up with stupid names or whatever. <laughs> I had a couple funny ones, but you know, I was like, that one kind of just sunshine to high crimes because you know like chicago's a mess mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> right right for sure so that was kind of it and uh i don't know this is the name i just i'm like for real i'm just making this youtube thing after you know a couple barley sodas on the you know back porch <laughs> talking to my brother and i'm like you know what i'm gonna do this like this is a hundred percent like you know, all my friends are coming with me <laughs> turns out none of them did well, that's fine because I did this first one and I'm and I took some pictures and I need to make a Facebook post and and update everybody. Originally, I kind of wanted to, but um, you did semi decent at posting pictures, like made it to Texas and made it, you know. Yeah. You you uh, you updated us enough to feel bad that we felt bad not going with you. I don't. I wasn't. That wasn't the purpose of it, but uh, it was to draw some interest of it and to show like it's doable. So um, how how long did it actually take? Well, we kind of banged through it, and we, you know, um, if you get on, man, the boomer talk, you know, in every expert car group you're ever in, you know those Route 66 groups, they're like, it's going to take three weeks, and you ain't going to see nothing. Um, so, how I kind of determined how long it was going to take, my wife was like, all right, well, what's the, what's the budget for this? And I'm like, that wasn't even the consideration <laughs> at this point <laughs> budget and uh she's like well how far do you think you can make it and this and that i'm like man 45 if we do 10 hours a day at 45 uh miles Average. an hour you know that's going to take us 450 miles if we do a 12 hour day we stop and we see a couple things and get some lunch and dinners and stuff and we ended up banging out a couple 13 14 hour days but like my daughter's 17 years old and uh she doesn't have a license she has a permit that's only good in california but we drove she drove in every state so <laughs> I feel like I feel like most people be like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, it was in the deserted parts of Route 66 and you know, I kinda wanted to fall in love with this car our cars in general at this point. So um we kinda roughly mapped out the map and you know like I had I took plenty of days of work off and we ended up doing it six days, I believe. Okay. This is what we ended up, you know, four hundred and fifty miles a day and we picked a couple of highlights. We didn't stop at every feature that we went by. You know, we've seen stuff like, oh, the round bar, and that everyone stops to take a picture. Like, that's cool. Keep running. <laughs> um, 
you know, we stopped at that. There's like a soda. I mean, we try to hit, we try to hit the highlights of, of the trip and things that we wanted to see. But um, we did it in six days. So when it was coming up, I guess where we started, I was like, all right, this is kind of on my own. This car probably should run good. So I kind of did the, and I was working during this, and I had, uh, I still got the race car and stuff, and uh, that I wasn't going to run, and I ended up doing like a double motor pool, motor swap at, at, the, at the track the night before the day of the track and stuff. So I was pretty busy, so I was just going out there trying to do like, one thing a night, go out there for an hour or two hours, you know, come home, do dinner, and then go out there and mess with the car, you know, pull the drums off, make sure the brakes are good. Because this wasn't a cream putt, like, the picture I posted of the car, or, like, from 50 feet away, and that's where she looks good, but, like, this car was abandoned in a parking lot when I bought it. Okay. I got the Mustang for, like, 1500 bucks. I think is what we ended up with it. It was going to get towed, and I got to hold the guy, and I got the police not to tow it. And uh, got it where he till he could come home because the guy, uh, the community that the guy worked in is pretty small. And I started asking around, but he's like, "Hey, man, who owns this black '65 Mustang?" Right? And they're like, "Oh, yeah, I think that's this guy or that guy." And then there's a tote. And my first, I went to get a haircut. and I seen the car. And I'm like, "Man, I can make some money on that." So it's just sitting there. I went back a couple weeks later and I seen it sitting there again. And then like the next time I went to get a haircut, it had a tag on it, and I. I had asked about it before, and then we end up finding the guy. And I call him, like, hey, they're going to tow your car. I got to hold this guy. And he's like, all right, well, whatever. I had, like, a flat tire and stuff. So I got to hold PMO, and they're like, or PMO is our police department on base. I'm like, look, you guys are going to tow this car. The guy's out of town. Like, what do you want? Well, get the cobwebs off of it, air the tires up, and we'll leave it alone. And it needs to have a sticker on it. So I tell the guy, he's like, oh, my wife has a sticker. She'll come sit, put the sticker on it. So I jack the car up the tire up and the guy's like i'll pay you for making sure my car doesn't get towed i'm like all right cool whatever i just don't want to see a dude that's working out of town he was on like a on a float like out, out in the ocean when this all went down so he comes back and he's like well the car died there and i had to go so i didn't have time to mess with it so he he wasn't a real big car guy or whatever but it had to strip the teeth off the um, flywheel which on a ford is welded to the torque converter which is fun and he's like well it's a mopar thing too yeah so uh he didn't want to you know, he's gonna have to pay someone to pull the motor and like someone quoted him like something stupid like twenty five hundred dollars to do this to pull the transmission or motor and fix this thing and he's like well whatever and he gave me a price and i like tried to talk him down a little bit i talked to him like 500 bucks and i got it for 1500 dollars $2,000 would have been a steal, but I like, had to yeah. try, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm still in touch with the guy. I need to see the pictures because he's calling and checking on it. So I got, so I pulled this thing out. And I, you know, pulled the training out and I fix it. And I'm talking to, you know, Jenna, like, what do you want to do with it? Are we going to put a V8 in this thing? Or I really wanted to put one of those uh, Australian V6s, the bar the or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But, and then I was looking at the, the Holly EFI for it. And I could, originally, I kind of wanted it to be my daughter's first car. And then I started like looking into safety stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, this is awful idea." <laughs> <laughs> like I should have just got this car running, put a thin layer of wax on it, and sold it. That would have been ideal, but that's not what happened. So, obviously, that was going to be next. I'm like, "Would well, this still be a cool car for?" Her. And I don't know where I'm going to live in the next couple of years after I retire, and I don't know where she's going to live because she goes to college after high school or whatever. So, like. Illinois is the center of the country. I have a garage that's empty in Illinois, so I'm going to store it there. So I was like, this Route 66 thing will work out. 
Uh, driving a two-door Mustang across the country is not what I had in mind. I was wanting to grab like a 76, like Chrysler New Yorker or something cool. Sure, sure, sure. Right. Yeah. Something that we bang down the interstate with good tunes. But so I go out there like hour a night. I'm just trying to like sort stuff out and I, you know, get the fuel gauge working and change the change that stuff out and get the temperature gauge working. Halfway get this thing running right and um, I get end up getting a carburetor off the line. Like everyone talks about getting scammed on those like Facebook groups by guys. And I, you know, sent a guy money, friends and family, and he was pretty cool. And he sent me exactly what he said he was going to send me. So I got a good because originally it wasn't running really good. The carburetor shaft was leaking. It was like two barrel, and you can't just like it's not like just throwing another Holly or Elderbrock on something. You know, I wasn't super excited about it, but we got it running right, and I and like the days are like ticking down. And my wife, she's like, uh, what was it? Uh, what's that quote? Like uh, the key to success is like ignorance and. Um, uh, Oh man, I'm messing it up right now. I can't think of what it's called. Like courage and ignorance is the like, key like, to success. I right, think that's like uh, grit. Yeah, it's uh, uh, I mean, man, I can't think of the quote right now. I wish I could, but I kind of live by that. So I was ignorant enough about this trip or how long it was going to take. But I've done Gambler 500s and we banged 500 cars across the desert for 500 miles. So I had a pretty good idea, and there's not a whole lot on it. 65 Mustang that you can't, you know, I packed an extra distributor and then I, with a, with the electronic ignition in it and it has electronic ignition in it and I also had an extra one with points because I don't really, that uh, Petronics or whatever, mm -hmm. Yeah, I really don't trust that stuff. I don't, I don't like it. It's a lot like GM, GM HEIs that with a, just quits out of nowhere on you. Right. Or, so... So it was Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Yeah. All you need in life is ignorance and confidence. Then yeah, that's success the success is for sure. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, I knew it was one of those. Uh, so that's kind of where we went. This me, my ignorance and getting after it. You know, like having confidence. So I, I have real quick to interject. I have an electronic ignition story. M thirty seven. So I had an M thirty seven military Dodge truck, and I'm like, you know, I. Get rid of these points. I bought the 24 volt Petronics electronic ignition. It ran one time and that was it. I could never get it running again. And I put a new carb on it, you know, everything. And I ended up selling it and we had to deliver it. I'm long, long story short, we had to deliver it to the guy in Tennessee. And before we got home from Tennessee, he had it running. He put points back in it, fired right up. Yeah, points are the way to go. Mm -hmm. uh, at least points when they start like going bad, like oh, it's starting to run weird, and you pop it open and you polish them up and mm -hmm. reset them, and you're back on the road. They just don't like die on you, right? So, so I was kind of so I kind of packed that stuff and I went through and I double checked the coils and you know I put my little master box of stuff together for this road trip and I you know greased the wheel bearings and I did everything like whatever I could get done in an hour a night for like a week and a half. Just went out there and banged it. And I, you know, get on the vintage Mustang form, like, hey, I'm about to road trip this car. What do I, because it's a car, it's a model I don't really know a lot about. And everyone's like, oh, the cooling system. Like, man, I live in Oceanside, California. I drive this thing to work, cruise it by the beach. Like, I've never had this thing overheat once. Boom, we pull out of California and uh, we're banging up the road and it's just getting warm. As we're climbing, as you come out of California, you just climb, climb, climb. It's hot. Uh, route 66 
although there is some things to see in it it's just like traffic and hot and then once you hit like barstow barstow there's a military base there it's a marine corps base and it has a auto hobby shop and if you guys don't know what that is a lot of military base will have this huge shop with lifts and tools that you can rent and my first thing is you know they and i never like this car had never went more than 20 miles away from my house but i thought if i could get to barstow it was a couple hundred miles away whatever popped up i could get a hotel room there and the auto hobby shop and we sort it out well i get there kind of late and the car was just weren't running warm and i was and uh I brought a brand new tube of RTV and the package with me. I thought that was, and I left the old dirty one that had been laying around the shop, the old squeezed up one that had, that was good. Mm -hmm. So I go to, and I decide the thermostat's being a piece of crap. So I, we pull in, we get a, a spot, or a, oh man, there's a cow pizza place that was really good. I can't, it's a cross-eyed cow. Okay. Cross-eyed cow pizza place. So I'm out back there. I already stopped at O'Reilly's and grabbed a new thermostat. So I go to pop it in, and Ford's, they set the thermostats in there sideways, and they got, you got to glue them in with RTV to get them right. Well, I pull it open, and that, that whoever put that uh, thermostat in did not do a good job. They did, it was like halfway in there, crooked and like awful. And Ford's have a little bleeder valve, and it was not <laughs> at the top. Or all thermostats, a lot of them, there's like a little needle thing that bleeds around, but it was not at the top, so... So I tried to stick one back in there, and I get my brand new thing, an RTV out that I pulled off my pegboard in the garage to make sure I had what I needed. Dry. Dry. Oh. So I'm like, well, I got it. So I cut this thing open in this parking lot. Dry in the middle, too. I was Damn. Like, Jeez. So I, so I get it in there best I can, and then we run out, and we run the desert, and we get to uh, Arizona. Uh, and it was overheating the, the whole way, and I was just like, man, I, and I was about to call it. Like, day one... And we had to pull over on the highway a couple times to let it cool off. I'm like, man, this is. Oh, I, I kind of skipped the part where the neutral safety switch left the chat the day of. You also skipped the part of the probably 10 p.m. California time, but midnight Illinois time. I get a message from John Flowers, like the honorary Sam Derrickson cup holder for the Route 66 oh, trip. Derrickson 5,000. Yeah. <laughs> Homage to the Bimford 5,000. Because I'm always oh, the cup holder oh, guy. Oh, oh. oh, we'll circle back to my wife being a team player. Okay. Um, God bless him. She uh, she is, man. Uh, I'm super lucky. I'm the luckiest guy I know. Uh, I, I've done a lot of things wrong and uh, came out okay. So we're banging. So she's realizing that we're. So she gets these little fans that have misters on them, and she gets a cell phone mount for navigation, and she like orders all this stuff off of Amazon for the trip or whatever. And I'm like setting it up in the car. I'm like, this is gonna be all right. And I, from the hot rod power tours, where you see the guy where they rig up the cooler that pumps cold water in your back. Mm -hmm. So I got like the fish tank tubing and old t-shirts, hot glue and stuff. And I was like, man, I got a cup holder. And one of those Amazon boxes was sitting there, and I like. I'm like looking around the garage, I'm like trying to think of what I can do to. I was thinking about bending up some wire or something. I don't know why. You know, like midnight, the night before you leave, I end up staying out there. Uh, I found found some loose bolts underneath the car. I, I stayed up till like two o'clock in the morning and then got up at like six to go do this thing. You know, car guy stuff, right? Yeah. This, yeah. this trip, this so, trip powered by anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this box just sets perfect between the seats and like just snug enough. So I cut a couple holes out of it, and uh, I had some Panera cups that I set down in there that will just hold stuff perfect. And I poked a couple holes in it where I kept my screwdrivers and like Tesla, 
yeah, test light and stuff like that. So I had my tools that I would need like on the side of the road real quick so I don't get to get in the trunk or like get nice. smashed by a semi. So I made this little box and I sit before I, I actually spray painted it black so it didn't look so hideous. <laughs> but it's nice. Good. You can see it before you leave. It's it pretty is, nice. You got nice garbage. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it here. It's, <laughs> yes. It's going on the trophy shelf. But uh, anyhow, I did it and I was like, man, Sam would be so proud. <laughs> I was just laughing about it. I was like, but it, it was functional, if nothing else. You know, I threw a couple spark plugs in there because the glove box in a 1965 Mustang is good for registration of paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is nothing. And then if anything slides forward, you can't close it. It's awful. Because <laughs> it's, it's 16 inches or you know 12 inches long and it, it, two inches deep. <laughs> but uh, we end up at the first... Uh, so... Again, staying at nice motels, no bed bugs, right? So we stay at this place right before uh, Oatman, Arizona, the, the drive where you drive up this mountain and you come down and all the switchbacks and stuff. It's probably one of the best drive parts of the drive of the Route 66 as a driver's standpoint. Oklahoma had some smooth roads on Route 66 too, which was nice. But uh, I'm in this pretty nice, so I sneak out there, bang off. You know, I, I try to drain the, the you know, I try not to make a mess in this, nice hotel parking lot and uh i go out there and i, I grab the thermostat housing and i sneak it up to the hotel room i glue it all up because i don't want to just be under the hood for like a half an hour mm-hmm. you know i'm banging stuff out real quick i let it cool down could take a shower and all that stuff but I get it all back together and i you know i actually had another gasket in the car because i got the car with a bunch of random parts and there's a thermostat gasket in there by the grace of god so i you know, siliconed all that up and I was able to bolt and actually let it set up like you're supposed to. So the next day I'm out there just like topping off the coolant and like this guy comes out. He's actually from Indianapolis, uh, which is cool finding Midwestern. Yeah. He's like, oh, you need anything, man? I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, ah, oh, just topping off the coolant, making sure it gets it on the road. And he's like, oh, yeah, you want to take this road up? Right? This is legit. He's like, man, I had a Chevelle back then. I got smoked by one of these Mustangs. Like, <laughs> this is a way different in, in interaction I thought I was going to have. And he's like, oh, I got a jug of a half and half antifreeze over there you can have if you want and like i don't know i'll take free antifreeze. hell yeah like it was way different i got a box of tool you can pull it around back there we got the little shop area i'm like nah, i think i'm good but i appreciate it you know and so that guy was really super cool and so we banged up and we did uh went up to go see the uh they have a uh, donkeys but they call them burrows out there mm-hmm. they roam around the city of oatman you can like feed them and they got you know bars with a bunch of one dollar bills like an old Western town that was named after some, uh, I forget the girl was from, I think she was from Indiana, but she got kidnapped by Indians and they named the town after her or something. Huh. But it's a cool little Western town up in the middle. It's a mining town. And, uh, we went up the hill. It kind of overheated a little bit that day. I, uh, trying to get the air, air out of that thing was kind of a pain, but it was, you know, it is okay, but just banging that old car up. You know, steep hill the whole time was overheating a bit. So we kind of fixed all those issues and got through Oatman and, you know, came down. And, yeah, it came into Kingman. That's when it was really getting hot. My daughter's just, like, melting over there. So we went to Kingman, you know, checked out the museum, cruised through. And, um, then I decided to stop at O'Reilly's, and I got some a couple of jugs of the, that magic juice, the water wetter or whatever. Yep. But I bought the cheap one, the green one that they had on sale, two for thirty-five. Yeah. I probably should have sprung for the, you know, as far as I was going, I probably should have sprung for the better stuff. But I dumped that in there, and that seemed to help a lot. Um, I told you to put the classic roadkill 
strategy is to take the hood completely off and strap it to the roof because then you lose all the under hood heat and it helps out with the overheating so yeah i, I had a i had a moving blanket and some ratchet straps i probably could have pulled that off but the aesthetics would have been there. <laughs> was, if you can't drive good, you got to look good. He's doing it for the gram, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually was thinking about the, the heat coming into it, and I thought and that uh, if I could find just a soft uh, surfboard um, rack and throw a couple cheap surfboards on the top of it, it would keep the heat off the top of the car, like where we were setting, because I was more worried about my comfort than the engine's comfort. Sure. But uh, I ended up striking out on that deal, you know, last-minute planning, you know. But I, I tried. So that all went pretty well. And we banged out through Arizona and uh, made it to New Mexico. A lot of Route 66, some of it's really awesome. And some of it's just driving, like here in Illinois, you even drive right beside the main road. Yeah. So that's kind of like, meh. But like when you bang through the little towns and you get on some old curvy section, it, it really was nice. Um, so that was like the highlights of the car breaking down. I lost the tail light. Someone was nice enough to let me know. The actual socket that went in there, because before I went, I went and changed some bulbs, like try to make it brighter so I didn't get rear-ended by some idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, put the electric little grease and stuff on everything so all the bulbs would be good. I lost the tail light. The actual little plug went. So I, like, wired that together. I did that at, like, the halfway point, and I think it's at Adrian, Texas. And there's a really cool, um, really vintage hotel i missed the the blue swallow hotel in um new mexico that everyone like posts pictures of or whatever i met the owner there and by the way he's completely behind what we're doing he's act i he actually is from chicago lived in the suburbs where i lived at and i was talking to him about what we were doing he's like man this is awesome you're taking an old car car i'm like hey I'm, i got this facebook group and i you know like talking to the guys and trying to get some people he's like let me know when you come through we'll make sure there's some rooms for you He's like, if you had called ahead, I was like, yeah, I was kind of ish- fighting issues with the car. I didn't want to make a reservation, and then you're out that that money. So, but that guy was like completely on board. But I ended up, he ended up giving me a recommendation. I stayed the. Um, you guys watch you get you watch the cars. You got kids, so the blue car on, I don't know that the the diner lady car. It was based on the diner lady that was next to the fabulous forty hotel. So we got to have. Breakfast at that lady's ho- at that lady's diner, and it was all Route 66, and people was all coming in, like, taking pictures of the ladies being creepy. Biscuits and gravy was good. <laughs> so it was a total win, and the lady that owned that Fabulous 40, she was really cool, too. So a lot of, a lot of, met a lot of nice people, if nothing else, on the route, like, doing stuff and, like, running into people. I did meet a couple weirdo boomers. Okay. Um, and I uh, was parked, and we... One of those little towns, this car comes in, it's really nice, and it was just running like crap. And we was up in Oatman, which is like miles away from wherever. And as a, you know, as a car guy to car guy and a good Midwesterner, as I went behind, he's messing with him. I'm like, hey, is everything good? Like, what? He's like, oh, yeah, something's wrong with it. It's like, yeah, it sounded like it's breaking up. It's like, if you need points or something, I have an extra set of points in the car. I got a, I got a coil you can have or whatever. And he's like, I got a tow truck coming. Okay. I was like, all right. Okay. So I'm like, all right, bud, well, get your tow truck up on top of this mountain. I'm sure that's going to cost, but yeah. trying to be like, you know, there's just different levels of car guys, you know. That car was like beautiful from front to back, but ran like crap. And Car guy versus car enthusiast. Right. Yeah, so whatever that worked out to be. And I ran into another guy that was kind of a boomer or whatever, 
and uh, the Mustang was sitting there at one of the attractions or whatever, and I see you know people checking it out, or and I come back and I pop the hood, you know, top off the coolant, make sure everything was good, and just checking it before the next road, you know. And he walks by, he's like, "Oh, that's just a six cylinder." I'm like, "Well, yeah. I gave it away. The hubcaps. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, still this rust free old six cylinder, you know." Whatever. He's like, oh, "I got a V8 Mustang, da da da, at home." And I'm like, oh. And his wife like wanders up. He's like, "I think about doing a Route 66 trip. Like, that'd be really cool." And she's like, "Mark, you, you couldn't even get it to the church car show. It doesn't run right." <laughs> <laughs> Throw him under the bus. So, Debbie, wherever you are, you're the real MVP. (laughs) (laughs) She's a listener. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. And I I, kind of laughed about that, and he kind of shut up, and I closed the hood and banged out in the road because we were miles into the trip at that point. But um, You can't even get to the church car Speaking of which, sidebar, I got an email today. Congratulations on five thousand downloads no way of this shit show we call a podcast no way so thank you everybody for listening continue john so the rest of the trip was cool um the best part was uh, my daughter was kind of into um fashion and stuff like that and she kind of wanted to do it like 19 you know 60s 70s uh, theme so a couple days you know prep instead of prepping the car we went out to a couple vintage uh, stores that sell like your grandma's clothes and you, they just paid triple for them because it's California. So you got some <laughs> sure. like 1950s style dresses. But I, I did get to go and like some of those uh, antique stores and stuff. There's a town my wife again found. And it had like a bunch of antique shops and had a bunch of old cool memorabilia stuff in there. But um, she downloaded, I think, something like 11 hours of music. Like her entire phone. Whatever that phone holds, however many gigabytes. Yeah. And then she had a playlist, so when we had uh, service, she could play. And she kept us all the good tunes, you know, all the hits from, like, 63 to, like, 77 or whatever. And she kept the music just going for That's us the awesome. whole time. And it, so the, the, the route, is, it is what it is. I don't want to take away from Route 66 if anyone hasn't done it or whatever. I think you should do it. Um, but some of it is like the frontage roads or whatever. And we cruised that thing and hit up the spots and checked out stuff. It was really kind of relaxing. You know, you got hours, you know, with your kid in the car, your best friend or whoever, and you get to talk about, you know, the most wildest stuff, you know, like you don't really, there's no electronics, you know, Mm -hmm. she got her cell phone, but most of the time out there, we don't have the best service and, and hit up all the hot spots where they say the food was good or whatever. And we hit those up. We, you know, ate some. I ate a bunch of greasy food along the way. Uh, and sidebar, Indian truck stop food. Okay. Yeah. We did not. We did not partake. But my daughter really likes Indian food. Okay. And we hit. We would stop. You know, letting the car cool down at a couple of truck stops. They had like these Indian truck stop foods or whatever. And twelve ninety nine, all you can eat Indian buffet or whatever. Daughter feather. Uh, that would be the dot. Okay. I was just trying to clarify. <laughs> just checking. So, yeah, I don't know what the other one would even be. Yeah, me either. So, it would be interesting. I should have checked in on it, but... <laughs> so, she's like, man, and but the lines for it are, like, out the door. Really? Yeah, like... It must mean it's good, then. Well, there's a lot of Indian truck drivers or whatever. Sure, okay, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they just packed, and she's like, it must be good. And I'm like, probably, I don't know, maybe. Like, maybe this is, like, a hidden delicacy we don't know about. She's like, well, next time we see, we're going to stop and try it. 
and we didn't see any since then. Oh man! So it like I would. Uh, this is like of a good little story, like to tell you how fire or how awful that went. But uh, <laughs> I did not know Indian truck stop food was a thing. But we've seen a few of them, and they smell good. Okay. You know, as far as Indian food goes. But um, we didn't have any real major mishaps or anything on the on the trail. Which you're happy for, but at the same time. Then you don't have a good story. I know. I you like that was we, like the trip to Kansas or the to trip to the, Missouri to get the Comanche. Like, yeah, it went flawless. So like nothing to tell. Yeah, we we, we went and got and, a truck. Yeah, and the end. We filled up with fuel <laughs> twice. Yeah, we you know we stopped in and seen like there's I got a funny picture. It says like make chief great again at like one of these like Indian things, and the guy was pretty cool, and he takes us back to these Indian ruins, and I guess his father was the actual chief or something and like gave us a little like native american history lesson that was like one of the less touristy places and i'll, I'll post what that was too that was right after the continental divide so we went in there continental divide and got a picture mm-hmm. and like oh there's a good section around 66 it's kind of playing like she's gonna drive we get down the road and we're like oh what's this little abandoned little place over here and we swing in there and that guy was super cool um the New Mexico Arizona line runs through his shop. He has it like painted in, in the bottom. Oh, awesome! Oh, that's cool. So I asked him. I was, you know, like property taxes because Illinois they just beat you to death. I'm like, well, how does that work? He's like, oh, they both take what they want <laughs> <laughs> because it's right down the middle. Do they like half value it? I I wish you had elaborated, but like, I guess it was a sore subject because he didn't. Sure. <laughs> He's like, yeah, they just both take what they want from me. I'm like, oof. And he's like a real native guy. I'm like, this could be a touchy subject. <laughs> so what was her takeaway from it? Uh, it was hot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Uh, I don't know. I think she mostly enjoyed it. But it, the, the poor planning process on my part, like late June to take a car with a black Mustang with no air conditioning across the hottest parts of the country, like was not the, the best so is this something we need to do in like September or like? So a lot of people are afraid of the snow part of it, but I'm not really afraid of the snow once we get back to Illinois because we could really like, just, you know, if it's too bad, just you guys just pull off and go home. You're right, right, yeah. <laughs> we, you, you know, like most of us have already seen the part to to Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. My daughter really enjoyed Chicago. We got you know hot rods, the hot dogs is what we should have called it. <laughs> yeah. The, the, which, the, which to be fair, I'll be damned. If I drive 2,000 miles across the country and don't go the next 150 to fucking Chicago. Correct. And everyone's like, oh, you coming? I'm like, no, we're going all the way. You're like, you're going all the way. And I'm like, you're three hours out of the way. I'm like, yeah, because I want the entire length. You got to do the whole freaking thing. And NASCAR was in Chicago. Okay. And they just got all the roads mixed up or whatever, like. How to make something already worse than it already is? You take a you take a bad race. <laughs> now we're gonna race Redbacks through it. Yeah, we, you take the crappy city roads of Chicago, and then you put cars that are supposed to be on super speedway, and you street race them. And it's I, I'm sure there was an awful race. I didn't watch it. Sure no one else did either. But uh, it was hard to get to the route to get the Route 66 picture, and I was, yeah. I was about to give up. But then we just you know we did the touristy thing. We stopped in Chinatown, and oh, that was pretty cool. Uh, I don't know what it's for. I don't know if it was like, uh, I kind of assumed it was like some gay pride stuff or whatever, but I don't really know. But there was just, to 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 make the story better, there was 2,000 bikes. But uh, I guarantee, it was like men, I guarantee there was 1,000 dudes on bicycles, like cruising through the streets, and they're all like yelling, happy Friday. There's like 
beer kegs on the back of bicycles and stuff, and they're just like mobbing down the street, running the red lights. Like they had this big parade, and it was probably fifteen minutes of bicycles, huh. and all of them are like drinking on bike. I don't know if it's legal or not, but I've seen that. And I was like, I didn't know this is an unexpected feature of the trip. Hell yeah. Um, I will say Oklahoma had some really really nice Route sixty six. Um, there was a bit of a backup on 40 and some of the semis came over there and drove like idiots. And we ran into that in Illinois too, because some idiots flipped over on 57. And I think that's what the highway is, but some, all the semis getting on there, but you know, Oklahoma really had some smooth roads and that you could really drive on. Um, New Mexico is mostly off and on side roads or whatever, but I would do it again. Uh, we kind of brushed through a bunch of it and, and stopped in little ice cream towns and, you know, stuff. I used the Blue app. The Blue app is not very good. Okay. Uh, apparently, the Yellow Route 66 app is better. But So, but, I've, I've, I've heard there's some apps, and I've, I've got the Route 66 book upstairs on my coffee table. Well, you told me about the apps. And <laughs> everything that I've read is it's to go from Chicago to California. Not California, Chicago. It's like every like nothing works with the apps, is what I've read. So the blue app has a east to west and a west to east okay. function. Um, if you're on Route 66, it will keep you on Route 66. But something I didn't know before going on Route 66 is there's a lot of different variants. I guess one could assume that the 1926 route and then the 1960 update and whatever would be there's like three different iterations right of route 66 i think there's more than that okay on what city and state you're on i'm not a route 66 expert but uh but like the 1960 whatever is like the most popular one i assume i think that's the one that the blue app mostly keeps you on but uh it what's really good about that app is that it had like key destinations or like functions to go see uh-huh. and it all but also those apps leave out some cool stuff we were in uh, mclean texas and there was something and it was hot it was like 105 degrees oh, we, pulled, shit. We, pulled, we pulled into a gas station to re-ice the cooler and we were getting ice out of the ice machine and the ice out of the ice machine was melted like i was getting a half a bag of ice for full price i was a little jipped yeah but in that town there's a couple we you know we banged off to go see the old Route 66 uh, gas stations or whatever it, it is, and what we did see was another museum that was about that town and it talked about like a uh, prison camp and how that town came about and the guy who started the town he ended up uh, dying on the Titanic and stuff but it was another museum that was really cool but it wasn't on there on okay. the Route 66 and it was literally right there, there but there's another just Route 66 museum that was a two blocks down the road that five stars, whatever, whatever. And we popped in to check it out and it was kind of lame. Meh. Okay. But they had a, did you know they kept prisoners of war in the U S for world war two? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. I did not know that. Did you know there was one in Kankakee that I did not know that I learned that at that museum. Very cool. That's interesting. So they, so I guess with that being said, like, don't rely on that stuff. Kind of cruise around and explore. We just kind of seen it. It was hot. And I was like, I bet it's got air conditioning. We'll go <laughs> it's like midday and we'll check it out and, you know, throw 10 bucks in the donation box and have a good time. So speaking of money, tell me what you spent on fuel and tell me what you spent on hotels and then tell me what the whole trip itself cost. The whole trip it cost, well, I didn't, I mean, 
That's a wife question, honestly. But okay. she did tell me that we spent twelve hundred dollars. So you just swiped the card and she took care of it for you. Yeah. So well, my wife does like financial counseling, so uh-huh. she's way better at that stuff than I am. Okay. And uh, so we didn't get my. I, we really don't use credit cards, but like, so we didn't like, you know, you run your bank card. Uh-huh. They steal your money. If you run a credit card, they steal the credit card money. Right, so it's like, right. if you're out of town, like, it, so grab this card and the balance at the end of it. Well, we budgeted $300 a day. It was what we was thinking, like $125 for a hotel, $100 in gas, $75 for food for two of us. Okay. And we had a cooler with snacks and stuff like that. And it's just two of us eating. So it wasn't that big a deal. And we came in under budget. So just roughly thinking about it, you know, in the early stages, I was thinking between hotels, food, and fuel, I was thinking three grand, and you came in less than half of that. Yeah, the Mustang actually got pretty decent fuel mileage. Uh, I have all the gas. That receipts. was one of my questions. What do you th- uh, What do you think you got gas mileage wise? What do I think? What do I know? Well, what do you know? If you know it, that's cool too. So I was actually keeping up on the gas mileage, making sure that the car was running good. Um, we were averaging 18 miles a gallon. Nice. Uh, we got some upper 18s and we got some lower in the hills and stuff. But I think overall, I, I wish I'd had more time on it. We went through the receipts and did all the gallons and stuff. But we averaged about 18 miles a gallon the whole way with that little, you know, six banger Mustang. I think if you got something a little cooler, you'd probably be around 14 or so, like unless you get like a big block Chevy or something. Right. A school bus. Tow <laughs> <laughs> no truck. I think you said 94 U Haul. <laughs> the 94 U Haul averaged nine miles a gallon. You told me you didn't know what it got yeah. for mileage. The U Haul? Yeah, yeah. The guy texts you, what kind of mileage does U Haul get? You're like, it doesn't. It does. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, did, I didn't. I did keep track of that on the way out there, and it was around nine or so. Which is better than I would have figured. Yeah, way honestly. better. I was. We figured six when we did that. When we thought what we were gonna do. Did the calculations. Well, that that so okay. So, let's talk about this because I really want to do this next year. Is this something that you want to do again on Fourth of July? Or are you thinking you're gonna move move it later in the year? Is it something you want to he do? He doesn't again? even know where he's gonna be living this time next year. But is it no, something I'll you would want to do again? Absolutely. Is my, okay. Uh, my uncle, uh, he has a short bucket list. My uncle Jim, he's the Mustang guy, and uh, I definitely think I lit his fire because I, I was talking to him and I talked to a couple other guys. There were four guys on the way out about like what I should do or whatever. He's like, you know, run Marvel Mystery Oil so she don't vapor lock and put oh, some clothes, co- put some clothespins yeah! on the. Yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah! So if you go in the parking lot, we got clothespins on the fuel line. Hell yes, brother. So I did it because he said it. And he, he's like, I don't know if it actually works. This was a thing. But his one of his goals is to do a 66 Mustang on Route 66. Okay, okay, okay. So um, when I was talking to him, he's like, man, I don't know, man, I'd like to do that. I don't know if the old, and he's in the Model A's now. He oh, went, Jesus. He went back. He's like, I don't know the old Model A, that'd be rough. But he drives that thing. He drives it like all the way to Evansville. And he drives, so there's, he there's a guy did drag week with a Model A. He didn't even make it down the quarter mile in the 19 seconds before the thing shuts off. So he had a 19 second time slip every day at drag week. That's just consistent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I definitely will do it again. Um, I don't, it doesn't have to be route 66. I, a lot of the things is why I didn't invite a lot of people on the original like Facebook group. I invited some like, homies and do people I know that aren't idiots that aren't going to be like 
I'm cool, you're not guys, because I really didn't want those guys. I wanted to build the culture of it if I could. Just like dudes that don't, you know, help and stop and change a tire or whatever. Like, oh, wow, you're driving a, you know, like, really brand aggressive guys, I think, are weird. Because the only thing I'm faithful to is my wife. Like, I don't <laughs> care if it's a Ford, AMC, or Chrysler. Like, if it's cool, it's cool. Right. I prefer GMs because I like to work on them better, but, like, man, I'll, I'll drive anything. Right, right. But, um. I definitely would do it again, and it doesn't even have to. We don't even have to be faithful to Route 66. Like, do the cool part through Arizona. I hear Route 40, which is kind of like what we live on here. Yeah, is like the next little highway they're trying to bring back, and I think that could be cool because it goes starts in like Utah and goes up through Denver and stuff. I'd kind of like to do that. I guess there. Uh, my my cousin's wife was telling me. I guess there's a national Route 40 yard sale day. Mm-hmm. I've heard. Oh that. yes, I've driven yeah. uh, out east. I've driven down that. That is wild. I would like, you know, maybe we could schedule with that, like actual do some planning. But like in the middle of summer, I do not think would be the ideal time. Fair enough. I think uh, sometimes spring when the kids are out or like fall break or something would be a, a better option because most of us aren't afraid of snow. So it'd yeah, be a shame. It'd be a shame to bring a California car back and. Stuff full of salt. (laughs) That's its initiation. It's like, welcome to the neighborhood, (laughs) motherfucker. My father-in-law's got a 63 Nova we drag race. And when he moved from Effingham to Missouri, he towed it on an open trailer and hit snow. And that car's never been the same since. Oh, that's the same. Wow. Missouri, man. There's, I'll tell you what, Missouri was pretty decent. Uh, we tried to go to Merrimack Caverns and check that out or whatever, but that little route, that's a little section from, uh, if anyone's thinking about doing a Route 66 and, like, on the fence, the section of Illinois here is cool. Or just go down to, like, Merrimack Caverns with your kids and then rip the Route 66 back, go winding through some stuff, like, just see if, if you could spend a day with your kids or your buddy in the old car on that, like, See if you'd like it or not. You'll get a taste of it after like just a day trip. Me and, me and Sam are daydream of changing a transmission and all this stuff. Oh, can't, I, I'm I'm excited about this hobby mechanic shit you're talking about. Auto hobby shop. Yeah. Wow. We need that in Illinois. Like that is fucking cool. Yeah. It's it's pretty decent. It used to be a lot better. I did an LS swap in the auto hobby shop because that like out at KOH they've got like the the fab guys. They have their lift and welders and shit like you just come pay them some money and you can build whatever the hell you want on the lake bed like that is cool as hell to me yeah yeah i know hobby shop i i just sponsor you guys on and you go in there and you you know rent rent your bay ten dollars an hour or whatever it is and they have a welder and stuff and you pay for welding you know ten dollars an hour or whatever uh, it used to be really affordable the way the, the marine corps uh sponsored it they would treat it like a gym or something like okay. a regular like health and well-being part of it but now it's more like a profit making thing so they charge you a little bit more and sometimes they hire some weirdos in it so some of them are hit and miss the 29 palms auto hobby shop like was super cool um pendleton's not so much but it's way bigger and way nicer but they're all like we need to see your registration and like making sure people are like doing side hustles out of it and i i get that they need, they need to protect it but like some of the people are way different about it so you're saying like a guy could be like turning tricks on the side, working on cars for people, and they don't want with that. with no overhead. I got you. I got you. Yeah, they don't want someone in there that. But so the change in trans. So that was the thing that everyone was hitting me up like, 
what are you going to do if it breaks down? I'm like, I'm going to fix it. Like, it's going to break down. Like, I'm yeah. going to fix it on the side of the road. So, um, I did do a little bit of research, and I, I got a notebook. I wish I'd have brought it in here. And I was, like, checking out Marketplace, looking for, like, a rear end or transmission or whatever, 1965. And I was, like, marking them along, you know, like I was, you know, you move the map off oh, around 66, yeah, and I was, okay. like, trying to see where the parts were, and I, like, because I thought, like, worst case scenario, something major breaks. I got AAA, will haul me 100 miles, and that'll take me to where I can swap this transmission on the side of the road. Or I can get, like, a storage unit and store it for a month and come back when I get whatever I had. And then we'll just pick up a $30 rental car a day and just do the rest of it. So it wasn't going to be a total loss. Like, I wouldn't want to leave the car somewhere, but, like, there's storage units everywhere for thirty nine ninety nine a month. It wouldn't be the end of the world. Sure. And with the car communities the way they are... And every genre of every car ever made has a cult following. Like, you could probably get some cool dudes on board. Like, if someone was coming, like, on a Crown Vic, you know, webpage, like, hey, I'm ripping through Oceanside, California. I just blew a tranny. I'm like, I got a 2002 transmission. Like, I got, you know, if you're riding that thing to Oregon, like, I'd contribute that thing. Give me 50 bucks, dude. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go my race car. It's the wrong year, so... I think a lot of a lot of car guys are kind of like that, you know. Like if they see someone doing cool, they'll cut and break, or like maybe deliver it, or like mm-hmm. I'll deliver this transmission, and let you borrow my transmission jack. Sam's been Sam's been there with turbos and stuff like that. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Fun. So yeah, that's cool. I know. I was thinking about doing it with my Falcon when I got it done, but I've got uh, Holly Sniper fuel injection. And it kind of scares me because the things you've heard about them. Yeah, the things I've heard about them, and you can't like go in and like if the like if you have the ECM or something go bad on it, like you can't just go into O'Reilly's and get one. Yeah. So that almost makes me want to get like put like factory Mustang fuel injection on the 302 to do it. That way, if something happens, you go in O'Reilly's and buy the parts for it. And I know some people. One guy. Uh, took a blazer from like Texas to Montana with a Holly sniper and he bought a whole separate Holly sniper kit and brought with him. That's a lot of coin. Yeah. Well, you can find them all the time though for seven, 800 bucks that people have trouble with them. And I, I think a lot of it is user error. Absolutely. Uh, there probably is some quality issues, a whole fuel injection kit for 1200 bucks. You know, you kind of get what you pay for well, the big three took forever to get a decent fuel inject and set up out, out there. And then Holly's just going to jump on board and dump out a million of them and not have issues. But I would, right. they're putting them on a lot of cars, and a lot of people are buying those because they don't want to mess with wiring. They're scared of it, and they're going to do weird stuff. Right. Well, when you have all your sensors and your computer in the throttle body, I think there's a ton of electric noise in there. Like, all them... All those electrical parts kind of fight each other. That was like the thing with the old Chrysler fuel injection in the 50s. was the electric noise shut them down, and that's why they didn't work, and they switched them all back over to carburetors. So I could, that could definitely be a thing. So there's, there's like stories of guys with those Holly snipers that they'll put it on, car runs like a top, and they put the air cleaner on it and won't run at all. Really? And because, the air, you know, a big metal 14-inch air cleaner is just like a – like a giant satellite for electronic bullshit okay. to, to like get funneled into your computer. Huh. 
So that was the thing I was worried about with the uh, Sniper 1100 is what they kind of make for mm-hmm. the six cylinders. And they make a 2300, and like there's bickering back and forth which one you should go with. But you need to put it on a car that ran really, really good. And my Mustang didn't run really, really good because I had that carburetor that was an issue. And then I had some compression issues from the car set for so long. And um, I think the compressions came around because all the spark plugs look good. Um, but I don't know. I ended up yeah. getting a good carburetor and then having the backup one that ran halfway so i just went that route and it was obviously like i, I think i bought that carburetor off the line shipped to my house for like 150 bucks so that was an easy call but it would have been nice to have fuel injection just i know holly even says not to fire a new motor on sniper fuel injection it said fire it up break it in on a carb and then switch it over really mm-hmm. so so here you were giving me shit about putting a carb on the gtx I don't think I ever give you shit. Turns out that's what I should have done to begin with. Aren't you doing that? Yeah. Okay. I had a lot of people tell me that that was the wrong thing to do. Uh, I don't think I would say that. I like the car. Like my Mustang, I like having to pump it, get it started, and hold it, give it a little throttle until it warms up. Like to me, that's the novelty of the old car thing. Like if I just want to go out and turn the key and it fire up, I'll go drive my wife's van. Yeah. Mom missile. (laughs) <laughs> that was what most of Route 66 was full of. There was not as many classic cars out there cruising like you would think. It was all, you know, rental Camrys and Chrysler so, Caravans. So when we first heard about you wanting to do this, I did some research. And I've said it on the podcast before. At one time, I found it, uh, like a on Mo- Vintage Mustang Forum, there was a girl who graduated college and before she got her big girl job, her and her grandpa took her Fastback 66 Mustang on a big road trip. And I was trying to find that, and I never did find it. But I found another story of a guy who did Route 66 in his old Mustang. And he said the same thing. He, like, d- did not see that many old cars. And he, I think he said he averaged 35 mile per hour per day. Is what, but he had some troubles. Uh, he had, like, his transmission pan hung down low. And he ripped that off one day, and that was big drama. And he had some more mechanical issues, but he averaged like 35 miles per hour per day. I think I remember you mentioned that on the podcast because I originally wanted to do the uh, the Shelby drop thing for the Mustang. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, where you move the upper control arms down like an inch. Yeah, and oh, there's another thing. There's a dirt part of uh, Route 66, so I didn't do it because I wanted to keep the ground clearance for because you know obviously didn't want to. I can do that later. But there's a dirt part of Route 66 in Oklahoma I really wanted to do. And the day before we got there, it was super muddy. And they don't take care of the road anyways, but I wanted to, like, you know, cruise down the old dirt road and, mm-hmm. like, get a cool picture on the dirt road of Route 66. It's kind of like one of the, one of the things, the, the tourist attraction. But it's muddy. And when we get up there where you go there, and there's someone already went down, like, tore some nasty ruts probably in a caravan <laughs> and i was just like man when this dries it's going to make that road that much worse for the next people like and i was there tempting like thinking like the off-road or brain clicked on like i'll just air down maybe, <laughs> maybe walmart up the road's got some snow chains like i can do this and i was like you know what that's just a bad move and i just kind of pulled in and i looked at it for a minute and i was like well maybe next time yeah you know, that's, yeah. A, that's a key thing to do it again so i just you know, cruised on by it and did not rip ruts down it. Although there was a part of me that really <laughs> thought it'd be cool to just have the Mustang covered in mud, like 
just ripping down there. But if I got stocked, that'd have been a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Digging that thing out, Jesus! I already loaded the trunk down. I in your picture you can see it. I, you know, I threw a battery jump box in the trunk. I threw some tools in there. I got extra parts in there. I got a full size spare tire, BF Goodwrench, because Sam says that makes the car worth twice as much. <laughs> but. So, well, switching gears uh, real quick. So we're friends with you on Facebook, and. Are we seeing correctly that you race a car that's got another car welded on top of it? Or what's the story there? So that's correct. And again, my brother, um, his in-laws live in California. His um, ex-wife's family lives out there. And Jackson is actually a really good race car driver. And he'd like for them to see him in person. And uh, Tim talked about like, hey, and there's there's a lot of good cheap race cars out there too. Like we could pick one up and set Jackson up to go race in front of the family. Is there any dirt tracks out there? So I start looking for dirt tracks in the area for my brother. And, uh, cause he's always sending me like cheap race cars out there. Like you should go pick that up for me and we'll ship it back. <laughs> and, um, so I was looking for dirt race tracks and I found Paris, which is also the cars three is where that demolition derby thing. That's where it's green screened at, and they have a bunch of car stuff there. Cool. So I get on there and I'm looking to see, you know, what classes they have and this and that. And they little thing popped up about the night of destruction, like demolition derby. I'm like, oh man, that's cool. That's some Midwestern <laughs> stuff. Like that's not <laughs> what I expected to find in California. And I seen that someone said something about check the Facebook page out. So I joined the Facebook page because um, I do like demolition derbies. I don't like a lot of the drama that goes along with demolition derbies. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just the idea of running a demolition derby car would be cool out there and a rest free car that may be hard hitting you know and i get on there and i look and uh there's really no drama on the page at all like it's just like man tommy smashed the crap out of me like good job bud and the thing popped up it's like hey we got these double decker race cars we need drivers who wants to drive one <laughs> and um my buddy cj i don't know if you guys follow him or know who he is but he races uh side by sides and he went out and he won the uh it's not baja it's uh the mint and he, he did the mint like 125 class on a mini bike so he's always doing wild stuff he, he went out there and raced it in a yamaha and uh i hit cj up my buddy and i'm like hey dude there's this double decker race car because i was like you want to run it with me and he's like absolutely i'm on my way back from tennessee i'll be there like the day before the race because he's moving a shop and everything to tennessee which is the thing to do in california he had a he built like cars and stuff in California, but for whatever reason, Tennessee, his wife wanted horses, so <laughs> was the, was the spot to go. So I hit him up and you know text him like, "I'll race this car. What was it cost or whatever?" And they're like, "Nah, just show up, pay the entry fee." Like we built these cars to get this race series going. So what the double decker race car consists of is there's a car on the bottom that runs the gas and the brakes, and there's a car on top bolted welted to the cage or whatever and it runs the steering so it's like a teamwork thing and uh and that and did was that the picture you sent me where they use hydraulic hose to hook the steering up so they don't use hydraulic okay. hose i use hydraulic <laughs> hose which is some demolition derby stuff from the midwest with the chryslers the steering columns with the telescoping nonsense or whatever when those cars start bending that you lose your steering and there's a guy um john Pittman. he uh runs a his dad well his dad just passed but his dad owns the shop the harley shop over in Terre Haute. so if you need panhead stuff he's actually pretty wealth of knowledge you should look him up 
Okay. You're still working on your stuff. But uh, he ran a hydraulic hose and he like put a PVC pipe over it. And when the car starts bending, it still steers. So at work, obviously we have piles and piles of old hydraulic hose. And the first year it was all three quarter inch universal joints. But when you flip these cars, which is kind of the name of the game, you race this car that's top heavy, and if you get too rowdy, it flips over. Someone bumps you. <laughs> well, the cars move a lot, even though they're welded together. Like they move a lot, and the frames flex or whatever, and like steering binds up. And I was trying my best to just make that thing where it wouldn't. And I was like, you know what? If I'm fighting this thing, like make let's just go the opposite direction instead of fighting it where it doesn't bind, and we have all these. Uh, universal joints like let's just put a rubber hose out here in the middle of it and see what happens and it has actually worked phenomenal people come and like give me the biggest like well that's that's silly like whatever whatever but it's like a fight it's not it's like no a sillier than racing two cars <laughs> together yeah yeah the whole setup's silly but uh it's like a real hydraulic hose it's not like a thousand pound not like it's like ten thousand pound like it's a pretty good one like Without power steering hooked up, like it'll twist it, but like it'll turn the car with it without power steering with all that weight. So it's a lot of fun. I won the championship last year in the double decker. <laughs> nice. So that's like the redneck world finally I got a picture of my car up on the back of the stands and stuff <laughs> with all like the, and on the others, and it's a huge poster. There's like nine of destruction, and then there's like the real race cars, like modifieds and stuff like that. Like that's their life goal to win a championship. Then I go out there in a Crown Vic with a uh, Chrysler Saturn or something or, stratus or something on top (laughs) and get my picture up there but yeah it's a it's a it's a really fun time uh i had my buddy andy matherly from west Terre Haute. he runs demolition derbies he flew out and we did it we ended up winning the race and stuff it's it's a wild time if you've never done it like the car's available i'm building another one so i have a backup one for my buddies so it's it's a good time. You go out there and bump and ride it. You're going to flip the car. You just can't be scared of it. We should go out there, race the double-decker, and then drive home Route 66. <laughs> In a double-decker. Double In a double-decker. <laughs> so that's a lot of good conversation. Which one do you license? <laughs> Who gets the DUI? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be down in the bottom seat running the gas and brakes. And like, I ain't driving. Me. I'm just running the motor. Attack to this guy. <laughs> oh, they I just are... imagine like rugged radios talking, break your turn. So it's we're fun. not allowed to have those. I mean, on the on the route 66. On the route. Yeah. That's a must have. We're getting like, because I'm watching the, well, I, I just finished it, the, uh, <clears throat> the Grand Tour, mm-hmm. the uh, Euro Crash or whatever, the latest episode of the Grand Tour. And like, they've just got, I'm sure they're UHF brand, but they just got walkies and they they communicate the whole time. They're all three driving separate cars and they're talking the whole time on their radios like that. If we're doing 66, we're at least walkie talkies, if not UHF radios, which we'd probably get those like Bowfangles. Bowfangles or Bayofongs or whatever. The Don't you have to have a license to run those? Technically. Actually. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> moving on i don't i don't know anyone that has one i know all my buddies have for the desert everybody has those radios in their car i think if you start if you get get like a really rowdy one that like really puts out like 900 watts or whatever i don't even know what a rowdy one is i think the handheld ones are 15 yeah the one the one in my 
I wanted to say car. The one in my side by side is twenty five watts. Yeah. And from what I understand, rugged owns a certain block of bandwidth for the UHF band that they allow their customers essentially to utilize their owned bandwidth without a license. But technically to use a UHF frequency, you have to have a license as well. The way I understand it. If I'm on the ham radio Facebook group, I'm getting cussed out right by all the boomers. But if I'm in the off road group, they're like, go for it. Yeah. Uh, I think if you're not on there cussing and you don't have a really loud radio that's you know 100 watts reaching to Dallas, I think you'll be fine. They'd really have to find you, and if you're moving, I don't know. I think if you're not causing any trouble or being an idiot, I don't think they're going to bother you. Right. Yeah, they're $25 on Amazon. People got to run them all the time. Yeah. Oh, I don't know any. I don't know anyone in California that doesn't have them. Yeah. Or pile up. Yeah, I uh, I know we we went jeeping down in Tennessee with uh, my cousin's Jeep Club, and they're like, "You got a radio?" I was like, "No," and they like handed me one. I was like, "Am I allowed to use this?" They're like, mm. it's only legal when you press the button. I was like, <laughs> "Okay." Even out in the desert, you see little kids on their little PW fifties, and they'll have like the the speakers in the helmet, and you'll see them they'll have like a duct tape radio to the top of their helmet or the back of it or wherever, you know. So I don't think they're that big a deal. There's probably way worse things they need to be checking into than a couple of rednecks driving cars. Like, the radiator just blew. <laughs> <laughs> this one asshole's got a car well to the top of another car. Uh, it would be a project just to get all the radios on the same frequency. No, as long as you don't put code in, I can do it. It's, the both angles are pretty good. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the private channels that we have the fanciness going on with. So people gotcha. can't talk over you because that King of Hammers, because there's so many people out there. But if we're just ripping down on a road trip, I think we'll be fine. Worst case scenario, you'll get some family with a walkie-talkie that'll like kind of bleep in once in a while. Marjorie, where's the bloody sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> like the, like, the heart meds. Like and and it's typically it's not even the the spoken word. It's typically the signal. Like when you double tap a walkie-talkie, it's like and that's really the only thing I've ever picked up on a UHF radio. So when when we were down in Tennessee, we picked up somebody every now and again but i'm sure there's other people out wheeling yeah big park lots of people well do they all run the same channel i don't know like i know i know a lot of that's line of sight for some of those radios so in tennessee you don't go near as far as like out in california yeah i don't know how that stuff works because sometimes you can hear people on the other side of the thing clear as day and then other like you know, Cody will be or whoever will be coming up from the rock trail just on the other side of the mountain. You could probably hear them revving, and you're trying to talk to them, and nothing. And then they pop up, and they're like, "Oh, right there." And then, but, and then like some radios, you can hear but not talk, and then vice versa. And then, like Dave Wiley was like, "Oh, we need a 75 foot aluminum pole with this," and like, because he's a big ham radio guy. He's like, "I tried to give one of those away last year." And he was talking all this shit. We needed like you need a you need a six foot ground rod. You drive it into the ground when you park. Like whoa, Dave. Like, Hold on a second. Then you gotta pee on it because it needs to be wet. That's electrolytes. That's what plants need. Yeah! <laughs> it's what UHF craves. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, my wife and I watched that uh, movie the other day. She's like, that's scary. She's like, oh my god. <laughs> Have you heard the story of the Crocs on there? Yes. Yes. 
Did you guys talk about it on here? Is that where I heard it? I don't know if we have or not, but I have heard it. No, I don't think so. So supposedly this is the dumbest shoes that they thought nobody would wear. Yeah. In the bureaucracy. Now I got them on. And it all, dude, that whole whole thing is coming full circle. That's scary. That show is so scary. That's worse than that 1986 book. So the guy, the guy who did idiocracy was, was on Joe Rogan <laughs> and the, they have them in the movie. They go to the movie theater and watch the movie ass, where it's just a guy's ass. And he ended up running into the guy like years later. He's like, Hey man, how you been? He's like, eh, eh, eh. he's like, he's like, my wife has no idea. Like that's my ass on that video. <laughs> like, he, he was like X nay, you know? But yeah, yeah. Things. I would love for them to redo it. Mike Honcho. Um, because he said what he missed was the cell phones. He didn't realize how big cell phones are going to be in people's life because there's really almost no cell phones in that video. I haven't and, seen that thing in years. Oh, uh, we watched it like two weeks ago. But, and they were saying that, um, you know, him speaking regular English was sounded faggy to them and they all hated him. But really the way the world's going, like if you're not homosexual, yeah, if you're then not you're homosexual, then you're, then you're weird. You know, I think I would love to see idiocracy redone. This one goes in your butt. <laughs> this one goes in your ear. <laughs> oh, shit. No, wait. Uh, no, wait. This one. No. <laughs> I'm supposed to be getting out of prison today. <laughs> <laughs> they just walk in the wrong line, idiot. <laughs> that's such oh, that's a whole nother podcast. The uh, idiocracy paradox is on the list. No kidding. Well, um, we got any questions left? I'm, I'm running out of I'm running out of steam here. So let's do. Uh, you got anything else for the audience, John? I, I do not. If okay. they want, if they're interested in it, uh, check out the group or whatever. It's uh, you get what you pay for, and it's free. Um, if you don't, <laughs> and they, you some know, people think it's what it, that's what it's worth. Yeah, and that's exactly what it's worth. Uh, I I think everyone should go out there. No rules. Like I don't want it to be like anything crazy like that. But um, you're not holding anyone's hand. Everyone's a grown man. If you get broke down, that's on you. And if, Jimmy wants to help you and like help you out like that'd be cool. Um, right. And I don't think any real car guy isn't going to leave someone stuck behind unless it's like super fucked. You know what I mean? Like there's no fixing this. Like, well, I was thinking that I was watching top gear or not top gear, uh, grand tour. And like the car is like breaking down. They're like, so we made the educated decision to leave his ass. <laughs> and then like they like every night at the hotel, like they prank each other, like fuck with the car or whatever. Like, I don't know if we'd go that far. Like at the, the last day, the <laughs> James May is like the captain slow guy. Right. And his car has been fucking up the whole time. He takes one tire off of each of their cars, puts it in a rowboat and shoves it out in the middle of the lake. <laughs> and they were going to be late for the, freaking plane the next day because they he had a slow car so he had to leave like at four in the morning and they wake up at nine to go to the airport and this car the tires for their car out in the middle of the lake and it's like rowboats only no electric motors no no gas so had to rowboat out to the middle lake to get the tires for their car i'd be upset <laughs> so i don't know if we go that far messing with each other but i'm sure there'd be plenty of messing around all right. Well, let's do the snap-on part number. Okay. So the snap-on part number test for Sam is SN36. 
That is a 36-inch half-inch drive breaker bar with a uh, removable half-inch drive slug. Uh, is it, does it have a padded handle or no? No. Okay. Well, no you're, handle. You're right. I tried to pick something easy. That was very easy. Thank you so, for that. One thing I forgot to tell John is at the end of these, we're starting to do what did you learn? And they kind of have to be like half witty, half smart ass maybe. But so what did I learn is the 72 is the best looking of the 70s Impala. And Oklahoma has the smoothest roads. And the big gulp of brake fluid will get you home. Very good. Very good. So I learned that you have to meet a crackhead at Walmart to sell a rundown old U-Haul. That, uh, that you drove to California, and that's honestly the best way to move. <laughs> and do not drive through the desert in a black car when it's 110 degrees out in the end of June, beginning of July. Yeah, there you go. John, do you have a what did we learn? Well, I wasn't really prepared for it, but I, I, did, I learned that uh, I should have. I paid attention to a couple of the other ones. If I was smarter, I would have. But uh, I learned that Chrysler's does the stupid torque converter ring gear thing. Yep. Uh, that's frustrating. Um, I don't know what else I learned. Uh, someone else knows about yard sales on Route yeah, 40. 40 the world's longest yard sale. And maybe yep. I can find one of those cool center console koozie cup holders. That'd be ideal. Right and, there. Uh, there it is. Well, John, we always thought we'd have to have you call in, and it was amazing that you're here to join us. We really appreciate it, and appreciate your friendship and support. You know, it's nice to have a little Midwest when we're out in California every year. So, yeah, yep, yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. We thank you for taking time out of your evening to come over here. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I got some laughs. I haven't thought about the U-Haul truck. I did wasn't planning on telling this. I haven't thought about that story uh, in a while. I wish we video. You know, a lot of people say we should videotape these, and I wish we would have because just some of the times the smile on his face when he was thinking about stuff. He's like three sixty six, three oh five of the big block. You can see the wheels it's turning. Like, it's like John was that was that Volkswagen air cooled and he just a big smile. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I had a good time. Uh, I think a lot of people. Um, when they think about California, they think about like a lot of the negative, and it's a lot like California or Illinois. When people just think about Chicago and the idiots up there, they they, they think of, they forget about the rest of the state and what there is to do. Like, there's a lot of national parks and there's a lot of cool car stuff. Uh, whatever you're into, like you know, banging buggies through rocks, like there's a cult for that. You know, lowriders, there's a cult for that. There's a whatever weird facet even if you're like really weird and into jeeps like there's definitely a cult for that <laughs> definitely they and got ducks dude that's why k5s are way cooler than uh jeeps yeah, yeah no they, ducks no ducks no weird waves and uh you can use chevy truck parts on them i've i've i bought my 46th or 47th vehicle today oh, and the only one i've ever regret selling was a k5 blazer no, that, it wasn't a K5. It was an M1009, <laughs> actually. Technically. <laughs> Technically. Yeah. That was my that was what my black blazer was. Okay. We put a 5.3 in it, and I went through the smog checkpoint, and they let me go because it's a diesel, but it had a cam in it. And I'm like, all right. And they gave my paperwork back, and I'm like, because I pulled in there, you know, like idling, let it slide in. And they're like, oh, we're just doing a smog check on the side of the road. I'm like, Jesus, I didn't know that was a thing. Because it had diesel plates on it. And I, you're not supposed to swap engines in California. That's the weird thing about it. 
but you got diesel title, you're good. And he's like, all right, have a good day. And I pop, fired up. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning. I was on the way to the fishing tournament. Blah, 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 blah. And then, like, the guy's looking at me like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rowdy old 6'2". <laughs> this thing's non-turbo, guys. Give me a break. Indirect injected. <laughs> yep. All right. What well, how I, deep are we into this? Uh, two hours, 38 minutes. Nice. Wow, they're getting way longer. Yep. But I appreciate you guys having me. I had a good time. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. We need to do a Route 66 trip. That's, that's yeah. going to happen. Next year, put it on the calendar. I say we do it. We need to get some logistics. Get your recap posted on the page. Um, I'll post a link to it. I'll post a link to the page in the show notes and uh, hopefully get some other interested parties in this. And We can invite Captain Chet to give everybody. Like, <laughs> yes. Captain, this is the official call out to Captain Chet. I would like to A, meet you, and then B, go on a road trip across the United States with you. Okay. Captain Chet lives 40 minutes from us at all times, so maybe we can... Go talk. meet him? Yeah. Is he allowed to drive in Illinois now? Or I believe so. I think they <laughs> they've, they've, they've that a little bit on I, that. I honestly thought about my cousin Austin. He's a listener, and he's got a limousine. I was honestly thinking about sending, getting his limousine and going and getting John to do this podcast. Dude. Why didn't we? Yeah. I had like a whole hour and a half to kill after work. I could have totally done it. Yeah, Austin would have totally let us do that. <laughs> is it like a Hummer limousine? Or no, it's it... just like a Lincoln or whatever. Like ratty a little bit in the back? Uh, I don't know. I think it's decent. I mean, it's oh, never, from never probably the 90s. but I, If it was like ratty with like missing hubcap and KO'd fender, <laughs> like I'd, be, I'd be into it. <laughs> Can we weld something on top of this and race it? <laughs> Easy, I John. I considered it. <laughs> so... Uh, Bailey Zimmerman was recording a uh, music video and somebody local, someone's going to ride in and tell me who it was, has a limousine and knew a guy who knew a guy who knew Bailey and Bailey was like, get it over here for this this music video shoot and they jumped it into a pond for yeah. this music video shoot. So Nice. I'm into it. Yeah. Hoonigans, we went and jumped that Crown Vic that I race. Nice. On that YouTube thing, they sent us up there, and I went and launched that thing on that stupid ramp. <laughs> All right. God bless that. All well, right, we'll see you guys later. Yep, thanks for riding along with us, and uh, get a hold of us at askshortstorylong.com, or askshortstorylong at gmail.com, or on Facebook. So thanks for riding along with us, guys, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.
I'm attacked. 